This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. In the bustling and often cynical world of modern cinema, where complexity and profundity reign supreme, there emerges a cinematic masterpiece that defines convention and challenges the very essence of storytelling. In a landscape dominated by drama and introspection, we follow an unlikely duo as they craft a narrative that's as intellectually stimulating as it is hilariously asinine. Step into a world where the line between genius and imbecility blurs, where the pursuit of love and fortune becomes an uproarious adventure that will leave you questioning the very essence of intelligence. This film that proves that sometimes in the realm of cinema, the most profound moments are the ones that make you laugh till your sides hurt and tears stream down your face. Ladies and gentlemen, we present Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Is that Nicole Kidman? Bravo. Is that her real yes. ad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the sure. theaters, everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome to Big Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our condiment tearing show. <laughs> Saucy. Condiment. Con- controversial condiment tearing. Con- condiment tearing. Yes. I yes. think Valerie Loveless Ilgeth. Best says it. I went from thinking that maybe you guys had run out of episode ideas <laughs> so, to having an intense craving for the barbecue pulled pork in my fridge. Yep, so, I want that. Really, it sounds delicious. And of course, you did a good job of making this a fun episode all the way through. I'll never doubt again. That's Aww, right, you uh, won't. That's part one of two, by the way. <laughs> Specific sauces. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Todd Callen says, who knew an hour and a half about condiments could be so interesting? Hot sauces, number one for me. Okay. I put it on everything. It started to become a problem since I almost can't enjoy food without it. I travel with the hot sauce packets and have stashed bottles at my parents' in-laws and even work, so I'm never caught without it. I don't know if you saw this, but Clever. Spencer said there he uses yes. a mix of balsamic vinegar and Cholula. Yes. Half and half. I have to try it. I have to try it. I absolutely have to okay. try it. Yeah. And then finally, and very simply, Shane Hyatt says, barbecue sauce is good with mac and cheese. It, yep. it is. It, it really, really is. is. Yes. Yeah. It's also, um, not to get uh, too ahead of ourselves on the specific condiment show, <laughs> but Heinz 57 and macaroni and cheese. Just, just saying. Really? Okay. I'm not making mistakes. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, what are we talking about today, Zach? We're getting deadly serious with the drama of dramas. Kent, too soon. Too soon, Kent. Is it too soon? Yes, you just watched that too. You oh, know, I, I don't even know. want to talk about it, actually. Uh, yes, but uh, we, we've done action of action movies, comedy of comedies, and now we are going to delve into the drama. Drama of drama. Now, drama, I mean... Originally, yep. drama just meant a performance of right. sort, a dramatic mm-hmm. rep- recreation, a dramatic performance. And now it means like, you know, gossip and stuff and talking behind each other's drama. Backs. That's not my drama. Tea. <laughs> Please just <laughs> never. Yeah. Do you want to do that the whole show like that? We're so hip. But oh. like Valley Girls. In narrative fiction, uh, drama is intended to be more serious than humorous in tone. Yeah. Big surprise. We often That's talk about this says. because we talk about the Oscars for a couple weeks every year, and we go, oh, "Yeah, of course, only the big dramatic movies get a, get nominated but, for something, yeah. right?" And we're like, "Can it be something else? Can it be something a little bit more of a crowd pleaser?" Very rarely does an action movie, comedy movie, or horror movie ever enter the sphere of even nominations, and even more but, rarely do they win. And you want to know why? Why? Because these movies are better. These are good movies. Honestly, hands down, they're better. No. They're, they're better, more fulfilling, more satisfying experiences. I th- I, I, I'm not going to downplay the the, the Joel, importance of comedy in life. Dumb and, and dumber. I remember, I remember <laughs> one time, comedy I bracket. wish I could remember which actor it was, but one, one actor got kind of, you yeah. know, 
nominated and they ask you know was it very difficult like doing this dramatic role he says no he said yeah it was so much easier in comedy do you know what i would think i was thinking of in that scene i was thinking of what i was going to get from the craft services table mm-hmm. and they, that's the clip they showed in the oscars yeah it's often been said that comedy is harder than dramas but i do also believe this will be less controversial yes mm-hmm. than our comedy of comedies because while while comedy there's a variety of tastes involved Extremely whether you like slapstick subjective. or farce or satire whereas drama it's much more universal in the sense of right. many people like it whether it's your cup of tea or not spill the tea zach you can oh, please no you Drama. can m- more often than not you can walk away from a movie and go that was good yep. you don't even have to say i liked it i enjoyed it i had fun but you can walk away and say that was good but you walk away from a drama and you say that changed my life you should uh, oftentimes you'll say yeah. oh wow it, i'm still thinking about that movie and, and right th- it's stuck with those me. kind of movies only come around probably every two or three years right and we're not talking about the best film of all time here we're not we're just talking not about yet. not yet mm-hmm. guys guys but we're talking about which movie was the most successful at being a drama Yes. yes. And now, providing that, which doesn't mean it doesn't have comedy, right? No, because there, drama is such a broad term. We, we've mentioned it before that there's basic, basically very widely two genres, comedy, drama. Right. Comedy makes you laugh. Drama does not. But even drama, people have said it's too broad of a term. So people like to break it down. Like, for example, you're going to get legal drama or political mm-hmm. drama or soap opera mm-hmm. or police crime drama, historical drama, domestic drama, teen drama, comedy drama. Mama drama. Rom-zom-com drama. <laughs> Uh, but there are so many different flavors of dramas. And what we did was we went out there to you. Instead of trying to pick these ourselves, we went to you, the listener. We collected all of your submissions. And you failed us. You know, you, no, you came through <laughs> no, no. with a lot of good choices. Oh, and great a few choices. Glaring so many great choices that these matchups are all kind of final round matchups. Yeah. There Once we get past this. the first round, they're going to be incredibly hard. But there are some notable omissions. Yes. But we did create a bracket of 32 submissions, yes. which you can find at baconcell.com. So you can print this out and play at home. But for the most part, we were very pleased with your submissions. And I also love to see a variety, meaning they're not all like, you know, the best ones of the last 10 years. It's like we actually ranged the oldest submission we got 1939. Love it. Which was just before I was born. The Uh, oldest one worth watching 1942. (laughs) Save it. (laughs) Look at there. Uh, But Gone with the Wind is the oldest. The newest one. You guys know what the newest one was? Uh, 2010. 2017. 17? Apparently that's not like, because we did cut out some because they were too new, but 2017's Dunkirk made it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oppenheimer was thrown in there, but Joel, you haven't seen it yet. And I still think it's it's too new. We've only got initial impact. We haven't got lasting legacy. Also, it's going to be on there eventually. Very curious because I would say 40% of these movies on this list are rated R. Mm-hmm. And have people seen them throughout time? Like, have they seen them on TV or or or? Do you see only forty percent? Yeah, well, maybe well, forty thir- or fifty percent. And thirty percent of them are directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They're the alone ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I'm curious. And one more stat I just want to give: the average year of submissions from the listener to our bracket, 1994. Okay, which Makes to sense. me. That's a, that's a pretty good spread. That's not yeah. too new. It's not too young. It's right there. Well, there's a lot of mid '90s movies. Well, there's sure. a lot of Steven Spielberg movies directed at that exact time. There's, but to your point, Kent, there's a lot of movies that are TNT, TBS, right. uh, USA Network regulars. Yes. Like these are R-rated movies that play on TV a lot. Yes. yes. Uh, but we are going to be uh, doing these in bracket form, meaning we're going to whittle this list of 32 items down to one winner of the drama of dramas, and it's a simple two out of three votes gets it to move through. I'm always going to vote first, so I don't have to be the tiebreaker ever. No, I'm not going to let you. Please? Not every time. Uh, Sometimes. I'm just happy to be here. Okay. I love this positivity coming from Joel. 
because uh, gonna, I have to because I'll tell you what some of these you, were. You're going to be calling us names. I cried yes. so many times while watching oh, so many we'll movies. We'll talk about it on specific what, movies. what did I say when we did our comedies bracket, guys? Before we even started, we're all friends. All oh, I love you guys. We love, we love you guys so much. We're such good friends. Yeah. This right. is this is so fun. All right, you idiots. Let's now, get through this. <laughs> there it is. Now, one thing we need to remember: we are doing the drama of dramas bracket. We're not doing the movie of movies. So right. you might say, "Well, one's a better movie, but which one's the better drama?" Okay. With that, our first matchup: TNT <laughs> presents. Yeah, Turner Classic Movies gives you. The Shawshank Redemption. Over the course of several years, two convicts form a friendship, seeking consolation and eventually redemption through basic compassion. I don't really mm. like that summary, IMDb. Uh. Versus The Road. In a dangerous post-apocalyptic world, an ailing father defends his son as they slowly travel to the sea. Now, see, that actually, from the description, sounds like the better movie. It's, well, it's exactly the story. It's that simple. We, sh- we should but also clarify, by the way, with these submissions, we stripped the names out so we don't remember who submitted them. So it's strictly based on the and movie. And it's been a while because I tell you what, I hadn't seen most of these. Why does that description sound so happy? And, and The Road is n- so not. It is maybe one of the least happy movies ever made. Ever made. Is it? Oh, is it? Is it too grim? Yes. Well, The Road starring like Viggo Mortensen and Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. Came uh, out in 2009. Uh, is that Nanny's? Nanny <laughs> yes. McPhee's nephew. Uh, this one didn't do yes. very well at the box office, by the way. Oh, we should we should also clarify on the bracket that you're now looking at, because you printed it off at BaconCell.com and you're mm-hmm. playing along. Uh, it is seated according to IMDb ranking, being the score it got on IMDb, the yes. Internet Movie Database. Kind of an objective way to put movies against each other, and this is just kind of how it fell. Now, The Road wasn't meant to be a crowd pleaser at all. It was meant to no. be an art house. Cormac McCarthy. Movie, yeah. Uh, the book is incredible, but also one of the most grim books I've ever read. And I thought, why are they making this into a movie? Who's going to want to see this? And truly, having now seen it twice, yes, I'm sad that I saw it a second time because yes. it's literally gray the entire time. It's smoky. The performance by Viggo Mortensen is great. One time watch. The, if that, the, there's a bit of regret in me for, for watching this one. I really didn't. Is um, it because? I, I didn't watch it with the, maybe I wasn't in the right mood. Because I did yeah. feel a little bit. This is a grim feeling movie, mm-hmm. and it does leave you feeling a little bit icky, and so uh, you have and to hopeless. be and hopeless. Yes, yes. There's not um, in stark comparison to the other movie on this list, which is about hope and is about perseverance. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Um, this movie doesn't leave you with a lot of the feel goods, and no, it it I do think it succeeds in uh, allowing you to maybe think about it after. It does leave you with certain feelings. I just didn't really care. It's for lived the, in. Yeah, I didn't care for the feelings it left me with. Yeah. Joel? I'm voting for Shawshank Redemption. Oh, really? Oh, as, that's as that's a clean sweep. Yep. yep. We'll give more fun facts on that later. Shawshank Redemption moves on. I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. Their feathers are just too bright. Next, we have Gone with the Wind. A sheltered and manipulative southern belle and a roguish profiteer face off in a turbulent romance as the society around them crumbles at the end of slavery and is rebuilt during the Civil War and Reconstruction periods. This scars Vivian Lee and Clark Gable... Um, you don't really know those actors, maybe, but uh, you should. Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Yeah. It, this came out in 1939. This is our oldest one. And the longest runtime, by the way, at 221 minutes. And a very long intro for that movie. Appropriate. And No Country for Old Men. Violence and mayhem ensue after a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong and more than $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. This is directed by the Coen Bros. 2007? Yeah, 2007. Yeah. It stars Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Javier Bardem, Boy, does it. Frendo, and Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. I guess he's in it too. 2007 huh? is a crazy year because we have this there will and be there will be blood. There will be blood. It was Notably a, missing. It was a very bleak year. Yes, it was. Which is the better drama? Which is the more all-time movie? 
I mean, probably Gone with the Wind. I mean, we talk about Gone with the Wind uh, we recently. Have about Gone with the Wind uh, as the, one of the highest grossing movies of all time. The highest grossing movie of all time, adjusted for inflation. Why? The, it is epic. Right. It is epic. Like the definition of epic. Like, like I said, this one in Ten Commandments. That goes. I was like, this deserves the sure. term epic. These both have the same score on IMDb, eight point two. It's actually you look at IMDb <laughs> scores. And by the way, we're not. I'm not going to mention Rotten Tomatoes probably ever again. IMDb maybe not much better. Yeah. But if you get above a seven point one sure. in a movie, that means like generally people are very positive. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get below a six on yes. on uh, IMDb, but getting above a seven and getting above an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficult. I misunderstood you, yeah. Kent, uh, because I, I love the score for No Country for Old Men. The music oh, in that movie right. is outstanding. All none the, of it. The lack of music. Right. In that the movie. wind. The wind is the score for that movie. Uh-huh. Which which uh, the wind and also the, your own fear and sweating. Your own fear Beca- and, and this and this. Can I can yeah, I tell yo, you? Oh, that yeah, sound. Yeah. Call it. So here's the thing about No Country for Old Men. The first time I saw it, I was so frustrated with the ending. So frustrated. Because it's an ambiguous Coen Brothers ending? Well, we're no. trying to, by the way, we're going to try and, and dance around some spoilers yeah, on this show. Yeah, we're trying not going to spoil too many of it. But I'll just say this. That it's building towards this expected ending, and then it takes complete left turn, and you don't actually get to see the final climax. Because there is ambiguity there. Yes. I'm right where you were still. I think oh. it literally falls apart. It's such a, a compelling, unpredictable movie, and then falls apart. The wind is taken from the sales. But that is, and then it ends on a Tommy Lee Jones speech. I like the movie. You think it really trips at the end? It totally trips up. But yeah. have you read the novel, by the way? No. Really well done. It's it's yeah. it's very similar. The ending is not much different. Okay. But the way Cormac McCarthy, once again, a Cormac McCarthy novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, both, both of course, the there's books. no hope. But it, it it's about the journey rather than the destination. And once I kind of got that in my head as I watched it the second time and third time, it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, I'm really feeling the, the emotion. The journey's here. cool. But also Gone with the Wind being this relationship drama in the midst of a uh, really harrowing time in history, I think it does have more of the drama. There is nothing as compelling in Gone with the Wind as Anton Chigurh. Like, okay, but that's no. a villain. No, that's what dramatic the city's tension, on fire, though. though. Like, the city on fire moment. You think back of 1939 and how they had to put it all together. There's something awe-inspiring about that moment. Is it, is uh, so, it, so you're thinking the is, meta, not the movie. But no, is it, is it as terrifying as Anton Chigurh, uh, uh, Javier Bardem's hair? No. Javier but hair. his haircut is one of the worst haircuts he, in history. He is the best two-face ever. He is, no, you guys is. are both making the same hand forward motion to me. <laughs> and, and I'm now feeling, you're like, like attack. Make it back. <laughs> Hold uh, on. Pull him back. There we go. I'm going to vote for Gone with the Wind in this regard only because it has lasted in legacy for much longer and is still known and talked about. And it is it is a compelling Civil War drama. No Country for Men, I really do like, and that's why I wanted to give it its due. But I don't think people talk about it anymore. I don't think people care about it anymore, which is kind of sad it, because it, it was, is a, a very well done it's drama. It's so close to being a modern classic. Yeah. But I think misses it just a little bit. I think the back and forth, and granted there's so much dialogue in Gone with the Wind that a lot of it's wasted. But I think what works is everything between Rhett and Scarlet. And I think that is more dramatic. And so that's also my vote. And it is much more like, okay, No Country for Old Men, there's drama in the hunt. There's one person chasing another. Well, and someone else chasing them too. But... In Gone with the Wind, there's romantic drama mm-hmm. and there's uh, kind of the war drama going on as well. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to give it the, the edge here. Zach, do you want to give a pity vote? Oh, I'm not even giving a pity vote. I would rather watch No Country for Old Men. That's not saying much. Yeah. Because neither one of them are like, I'm going to sit down and watch these movies. Sure. But I just think that Anton Sugar is just so ridiculously compelling. And I, I agree. The ending is, is, I don't like the ending of most Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. To be honest. But- most. Still, the character is wildly compelling. That said, 
this movie is probably best left to YouTube clips of the best scenes. Yeah, but I, I will still vote for No Country for Old Men out of pity. However, Gone with the Wind moves on. Fiddle dee dee. Next, we have a, a very fair and, and normal matchup. <laughs> Not weird at all. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb and listener. Saving Private Ryan. Following the Normandy landings, a group of U.S. soldiers go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in action. Um, so let's see. Next up is, was it Life is Beautiful? No. Dunkirk? No. Oh, Drive. <laughs> a mysterious <laughs> Jigsaw? A mysterious Hollywood action film stuntman gets in trouble with gangsters when he tries to help his neighbor's husband rob a pawn shop while serving as his getaway driver. And uh, so we have, obviously, Saving Private Ryan with Steven Spielberg directing. Yes, Spielberg directing. Tom, Tom Hanks. Drive, we have Nicholas Winding Refn and starring Ryan Gosling and The Jacket. And Carrie Mulligan. The Jacket, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. yeah. Albert Brooks with no eyebrows. Brian Cranston's in it, too. Christina Brian Hanks. Cranston. Uh, so Drive, uh, let's give a little love there because it's not moving on. Not at all. It's based on a novel of the same name. It was nominated for Best Sound Editing Academy Awards. Deservingly so. I didn't like it. I came, I came close to liking Drive, but I didn't like it. It was my number one film of 2011. I remember. Yeah. And I... Instant iconography. Hey, props to for having the shortest runtime of any other movie on this list. I do yeah. appreciate that. And I love the soundtrack. Oh, it's I so do love good. the soundtrack. But you talk about the pop. It, it was nominated in sound design. Uh, sound editing. Uh, sound editing. Strictly because of the elevator. Holy moly. Oh, boy. Mercy. Like the only really violent scene in the entire and movie. And mostly made violent by the sound. Yep. Really. Yep. Like, but it, it is a detached movie with Ryan Gosling's nearly mute character. Yeah. Like there's almost no emotion there, and which is the character, but it does take away from the drama. And kind of like you're in Carrie Mulligan's shoes going, who is this guy? Yeah. W- what is his motive here? Is this a drama? Does this, does this yeah, ca- it's qualify? Not, it, it it's, is, it's hard because there's dramatic tension. I think a lot of movies here are right. dramatic tension based. It is, I would, I would, there's by action. Process, by process of elimination, it is a drama because I, it's not a comedy, obviously. It does not have very much action. When mm-hmm. it does, it does. There's, there be some killing in this. There movie. is, but it's not like the primary thing. The primary thing is ambience and mood. So I'm going to say it is a drama. Okay. And but, it's a good one. It's worth, worth watching for I sure. I love it, yeah. but Saving Private Ryan wins. Listen to the soundtrack. You'll love it. Oh, so you are, I take it we're all voting? Yeah, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. Correctly. And with that, Saving Private Ryan moves on. You stay here. Now we have a matchup that actually makes a lot more sense. Life is beautiful. Buongiorno, mm-hmm. Principessa. When an open-minded Jewish waiter and his son become victims of the Holocaust, he uses a perfect mixture of will, humor, and imagination to protect his son from the dangers around their camp. This is directed by Roberto Benini and starring Roberto Benini. He's the guy that's in Pinocchio, right? No, wow. <laughs> the live that's action the movie? Yes. Yeah. This came out in 1997. Versus Dunkirk. Allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Commonwealth, and France are surrounded by the German army and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. Directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Fionn Whitehead, Tom Hardy, and Mark Rylance. This is Killing Murphy. Oh, yeah, Killing Murphy. That role. Yeah. This matchup is interesting because life is beautiful it's also comedy and comedy is devices divisive and some people are not going to enjoy roberto benini's slapsticky kind of three stooges almost like comedy where it's like where are, are you talking more about the tonal inconsistency because i think the point of the movie is to inject comedy into a horrible situation yes but it there is, is seeing light in the darkness but there sure. is a first half of this movie where he's trying to uh court his love 
and it just feels like a different movie altogether. Well, and that's I think that was intentional. I think well, I went into this movie giving not, a background, not knowing what it was about, right? And being like, oh, this is a, from the clips. I'm like, oh, lighthearted comedy. This will be fun. And it's, it's I think this is the first foreign film I saw in theaters. I think it's the first foreign film a lot of us saw. Yeah, we're like, oh, I hate reading at movies, and now all of us turn on subtitles. Yeah, on everything we watch, <laughs> every movie. But then I, me and my friend were watching it, and then it takes the turn where it's like this lighthearted. Hey, these are nice people. These are this is him and who he is and his personality and then they get put into a concentration camp and it takes this really serious turn and even though he's still trying his best to be lighthearted for his son you can there's a, a cool shift he does as a performer of you can see that he's having pain behind his eyes but he's still trying to make his so, son feel comfortable so you're de- you're defending the comedic choices of this movie i am <clears throat> are I you think, defending I, using world war ii and the holocaust in this entire bracket because it almost seems too easy Movies about World War II. It's too easy. It, but is it easy? It's okay. It's if easy it's to be well dramatic, done, but it's hard to watch. Oh, it's like, very the, hard to watch. These are very hard to watch. But movies. I mean, is it, is it like forcefully giving you heavy emotions because it's about World War II and everything that's built around? Like, is that manipulative? I don't I think, manipulative. I think it is a, a setting that has a lot of complexity to it from a lot of different layers. So right. we literally have two World War II movies here that are dealing with different ends Mm -hmm. you know they they are not telling the same story over the same time i think i wow i think because then dunkirk is like dunkirk uh you're in it you're feeling like you're in battle one of the most tense movies i've ever seen and and you're not getting the story as much right the story is confusing because the story it doesn't really follow characters with names you kind of just follow three different plots you're following a vibe Really? Yeah, you're following a vibe. Three different but, vibes. But you're, but you're in the battle, and so the dramatic stakes are there. You're just not invested in any particular character. And it, maybe that works against it. Dunkirk is a brilliant movie, but it does fall short from a narrative per- perspective. Well, because I don't think Nolan, it's trying to tell Chris, yeah, a Chris story. Yeah, was trying something with uh, time dilation. Yeah. And, what? And time? Showing, what? Yes. <laughs> he messed with time, where you see, like, you know, this, this mission only takes an hour. This one takes days. This one takes a week or whatever it was. Which yeah. is confusing if you don't know. Yeah, and if you don't know, you're like, wait, where where are they in relation to that? But at the same time, when it hits right, it hits right. There's some horrifying yes. scenes in Dunkirk Truly. That, that made me just on the edge of well, my seat. Well, even a short performance by Tom Hardy in the plane. Like, you feel it. For the short time that yes. he's in the movie, yeah. you're worried Over about the him. course of the hour that... He was born in the plane. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you merely attempted it. Yes, he has a mask on. <laughs> of course he does. My vote here is for Life is Beautiful. Okay. Simply because I think that movie... Um, like I said, the, the, I think comedy is a way for people to open up their hearts. Mm-hmm. You make them laugh, you open up their heart, and then you sock them in the heart. Wow. And that's kind of what this movie did to me. You punch them right in the heart? Right in the heart. Wow. Because this movie deals with Elso, and it's a father's sacrifice for his child. He mm-hmm. is doing everything in his power, even if it hurts him, to protect his child and their innocence. And there's something about that that just appealed to me so much. I, I do like Dunkirk. I think it's a well-made movie. But in the drama of dramas, the one that affected me more emotionally was Life is Beautiful. All right, Kalima. Um, <laughs> I, I think said that... punch, not pull. Oh, that's right. No, I think that the... You, you were kind of setting it up earlier, that the tonal shift, right? There's, there's This reminds me of another movie later on this list where you establish a human element and then you jump into a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this does well. There's more connection to to character than in Dunkirk. And at the end of the day, I think Life is Beautiful succeeds at being a drama. I would put Dunkirk more into the action drama category. My takeaway is tension, but not story. And I think Dunkirk is one I would uh, easily rewatch. 
Because there's so many I need, I need to visual watch it again. things happening. Two movies on a shelf. I'd rather watch Dunkirk. Also, Life is Beautiful is less accessible. Yeah. It's harder to get. It's And it's a little well, harder also, to watch. It does bring more emotions. And that is why it's probably a yeah. clean sweep for Life is Beautiful. Wow. Really? I thought yeah. for sure you were going to pick no, Dunkirk. No, like I said, I'm probably going against all my heart choices. Wow. Ken, you're so mature. <laughs> oh, now? Oh, now? You're so mature. It took nine seasons, but it's there. <laughs> because they chose Roberto Benini jumping over chairs in the Oscars. Pinocchio moves on. <laughs> That's not what it is. Sorry. Say it right. Sorry. Life is beautiful. Moves on. Buongiorno, principessa. Now we have Fight Club. An insomniac office worker and a devil may care soap maker from form an underground fight club that evolves into much more. What a what <laughs> a weird sounds synopsis. like a rom com. What a weird title for a very weird movie. Devil, devil may, may care, care soap maker. I love it. Let's make that. Soap, yeah. That was ninety seven. Oh yeah, sorry. Sorry, this is ninety nine stars Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helen Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter. Fincher. Yep. David Fincher. Directed by David Just, Fincher. What else can I say? Yeah. With a question? Versus Count of Monte Cristo? A young man falsely imprisoned by his jealous friend, in quotes, Pierce. escapes and uses a hidden treasure to exact his revenge. And this is directed by Kevin Reynolds. Who cares? Who he did, did Waterworld? Waterworld Bits of Thieves. And Waterworld. Hey, hey, Kent. Do your worst. <laughs> Henry Cavill's in this movie. Uh, yeah. He's he, a baby. He's a baby. Baby Henry, Henry Cavill. So his, his teeth are somehow worse. He's so cute, though. He's got a baby hey, face. Look at him, he's yeah. a little Henry. But he's still handsome. He's Hank Cavill in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hank? Yeah, Hank. This almost feels like a swashbuckler. Count of Monte Cristo feels like a swashbuckler. Does it feel like a really like soft PG-13 sort of like... Yeah, it doesn't feel like a drama it, to this me. This feels like a diet epic. A diet epic is a great synopsis. Diet it's an epic. epic. But it's not as epic as, as Th- this the grandiose is one. ones well, no, no. Th- that I've had several movie nights where I'm like, you guys just want to watch County Monte Cristo? I'm like, yeah, that seems fun enough. It seems fun enough. It's because you like Mercedes. Oh, yeah. yeah she's, she's really pretty. I have yeah. a sword that I named Sadie after Mercedes. Really? I do. Now Fight Club. Now Fight Club. Kent, you're, you love this movie. Love. Is this, this still is, your this favorite? Is your number one is favorite this movie? Up there with Matrix Top 2. Can I be honest? Yeah. I haven't rewatched this movie in a, over a decade because I'm worried it'll be taken down or You notch. didn't watch it in prep for this? No. Kent, I'm... Because I did, Kent. I'm terrified well, to say. You did? I did. Because you know I didn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching this movie. I, for, in preparation for the show, I started watching this movie and I'm when, like... When did you first see it, Joel? Uh, college era. Okay. So shortly after it came out. When did you first see it, Kent? 1999, and it changed my cinematic outlook. Okay, what happened with your rewatch, Joel? So I watched this movie just recently, mm-hmm. and as it began, I was like, man, maybe I was too harsh on this movie. Like, I've always said I don't like it, but it was kind of like, okay, this is You've got to admit that visually and creatively, this movie goes Editing above and, and, and beyond. And visuals are fun. And executing a vision of a, of a world. But then no, the movie kept then, going, and it kept going. And it gets better. And it kept worse and worse. How? And I got to the end, and I went, yep, still don't like it. I would imagine, much like me, watching it later in life, watching it as a fully grown, mature adult with Not responsibilities. Yes, yes. You, you've passed your phase of anarchy. This movie, I, I think is meant for your early 20s. I think this movie is before its time and actually signifies a lot of people on the internet yeah. today. No, I, I actually and, completely and, and agree and with I you. And I don't think it's outdated. I think it's as relevant a as lot ever. Of, a lot of the themes, the commercialism totally. and, and things like that, they resonate today. For I sure. Just, the way Tyler Durden spouts off the pseudo-philosophical kind of like, your breakfast cereals are made by tigers in the jungles of Malaysia who are forced into slave labor. And I'm like, whatever, dude, yeah. whatever. This, this movie is as self-important as The Matrix. And 
like both are awesome I, I and think both in, you know good way though. both are Kent's like but top I'm not two movies. I'm not here to bash on your choice Kent okay or on your favorite movie because I, I would not do that right I'm just saying it's not for me if, if you love this movie so much I think that's perfectly fine and I understand the reason now, why and like I'm going to make a case here I'm asking just to push it one round because I know it's not going to go much further I think County Monte Cristo is a soft epic and epic is like lower case fine print there's nothing memorable about that movie other than Jim Caviezel does a good job in it Guy, Guy Pierce, Pierce is the is best part awful. of the movie like uh, oh yeah, no, he's a good villain. Awful in a bad way. Like, yeah, awful. You hate, love to hate him. He's he's memorable. The movie really isn't. The movie just kind of... Richard Harris? I yeah, love Richard Harris. He's fine. Well, and I like Louise the story. Guzman? But, oh, that's, no, that's the worst part. The that is the one reason I wouldn't want to vote for Kenny Microsoft because Louise I, Guzman. I really hate that. I think the story, based on the classic novel, is good. And they change it a lot. Yeah, but I think it doesn't they, really have... They make it a lot more popcorn friendly. It, it's, oh, do. it's very popcorn, whereas I think Fight Club, there's something with the main character and that plot... And changing so much there, there's danger in this movie. I can appreciate and I feel it. I can appreciate the impact that that Fight Club had on pop culture and teenage dorm rooms everywhere. You're right, uh, but I'm voting for County Monte Cristo. Of course, I, I think it is one of the uh, literary dramas, few literary dramas that we have here. And when I say literary dramas, a lot of these are based on books. I'm talking like classic literature, mm-hmm. and I like that, so I'm voting for that. Even I think Louis David Fincher took everything in this movie, whether it's score visuals, editing, acting, and he made it a solid, complete picture, which I feel like has dramatic stakes in it, far more than Count of Monte Cristo, which is a Saturday afternoon movie. I feel like I've outgrown Fight Club. I get it. I feel like I've grown up past it. And have you grown into County Monte Cristo? And I think though? I've grown into County of Monte Cristo. Oh no! Right? Like I feel like it's a. <laughs> it's like devolving. Ah, I, I, it's oh, are we on? No, I just uh, finished mowing the lawn. Is this on TBS? I didn't know. Right. So you Here become the five dollar bin guy? Yeah, a little bit. No, that doesn't mean it's the best dramatic movie though. I don't find the drama compelling in Fight Club. I think that Fight Club finds itself compelling. It is, and I think that I mean it's just County of Monte Cristo is the classic revenge tale. It's simple, but done poorly. I don't think it's done poorly. It is done. All. Yeah. No. It's yes. a little paint by numbers, but not done poorly. I mean, make your choice. I'm not pushing Fight Club to the end. I want you guys to know that. I didn't want to take, have to feel like I had to take a shower after watching Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> I had to like take seven after Fight Club. But did Club. you want to watch a good movie after it? <laughs> I'll never watch Fight Club again. Okay. So I'm going to watch Count of Monte Cristo. Did I'm taking Count of Monte Cristo. Okay. All right. I did my worst. I get it. I fought for it. You did. And you fought valiantly. You punched it in the I, face as I hard as you could. Almost considered. But I just, I just can't. I'm, I'm too much of a dad. Sorry. <laughs> You've changed. I have. The Count of Monte Cristo moves on. I don't believe in God. It doesn't matter. He believes in you. Now we have, oh boy, Citizen Kane. Following the death of publishing tycoon Charles Foster Kane, reporters scramble to uncover the meaning of his final utterance, Rosebud. Directed by Orson Welles, starring Orson Welles. Oh, wow. Came out in 1941. Yeah, right. That's actually really fitting in this matchup. We also have Dances with Wolves. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant John Dunbar, assigned to a remote Western Civil War outpost, finds himself engaging with a neighboring Sioux settlement, causing him to question his own purpose. And this is uh, directed by Kevin Costner. It's starring Kevin Costner and uh, Mary McDonald. We're going to have a, a string of that here for a second. Uh, came out in 1990. So 1990? 1990s when oh, Dances with Wolves came out. than I thought. Isn't it weird with Dances with Wolves? I was nine when that movie came out, and I was too young to enjoy a movie like that. But why did we, as kids, enjoy Dances with the Wolves? Buffalo. Is that it? This is an, an era... Is it Stranger in a Strange Land? Uh, maybe. This is where... Well, these, this, this sweeping epic drama was still a box office smash. 
Right. Yes. And you don't see that anymore. Well, and it's also the story of like someone overcoming odds to be become friends. Like it's like you can make you can make friends with a grizzly bear if you want to. Uh, but this is that kind of thing of like, yeah. I liked seeing that of him being able to build this bridge with another uh, culture that he had no familiarity with. And I was like, yeah, people working together. That's awesome. And then the drama, of course, hits. Citizen Kane, on the other hand, it's about you watch the rise and fall of this not despicable person, but he becomes despicable near the end. Yeah. But I do feel like a lot of the power of Citizen Kane, because it was for a long time considered to be the greatest film of all time. Almost to its detriment. Yeah. Because so many people consider this overrated. I think they've said that so much that it is now underrated. Yeah. I watched yeah. this in college film class for the first time because it's mm-hmm. not the kind of movie I'd ever watched before because it was made before 1980. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I maybe I just bought into it. But I bought into it. And I think it's creatively the way this movie is constructed and why it was made and how much work Orson Welles put into it. I fell in love with this movie. It it really depends on how you jump into this movie Mm -hmm. and what you're if you're trying to be movie guy. Yeah. If you're trying to appreciate it as a piece of filmmaking, it's a necessary film. You are going to have a much better time. Well, because it didn't. Well, it didn't invent a lot of the filmmaking tricks and, and things that they they do in the movie. Yeah, it put them all together. Like other movies were doing all these things kind of one off and he would put everything in this movie where it's like, we're telling this story in kind of the scrambled order. We're using these camera shots that have never been used before. We're using this editing technique, which is used before, but now it's used here. Like there was so much innovation in this movie and it was Orson Welles debut, like his first feature right. film. Good start. He did war of the worlds on the radio and, people, and basically RKO picture said, Hey, whatever you want, you can do it. And so he did well, this, egotistical piece and in this one about an egotist he literally fought against hollywood made this movie was shunned for it and it's still one of the modern hollywood classics yeah although it fell to the box office initially yeah and he didn't win the best uh, best picture no how green was my valley one is this movie good because it's good is this a good drama and a compelling i think so i think so because i think watching even the description of the decline of a man is for me a really interesting story because you're hearing the story from those that have cared for him or have been burned by him. I do think Kevin Costner in Dance with Wolves is good. And I'm not saying it's bad because there's a lot of just relationship drama in it or like kind of a love story because there's a little bit of danger there as well. Mm-hmm. It just seems more um, cliched. Is, right? is cliched at this point? Like, like it no, even at that done, point. Done so even at that since. point. Well, and, and I think of the major themes too, like Citizen Kane comes in and the drama comes from this man who had everything but just misses the innocence of his childhood. Yeah. And that really resonated with like, wow, his life really was empty. Like for me, I get uh, in the 70s, like Jeremiah Johnson vibes from Dance with Wolves. And I'm saying Dance with Wolves is a better film. But for me, my pick is Citizen Kane to be the better drama. Well, in uh, going back to the themes again, Dances with Wolves, you get kind of that theme of just the outsider. Yeah. And and the um, the and, settlement of America. And it's done and, so well. And it is done very well. Like and the score I, is great. Having watched it like just recently again, score I, was like, is repetitive I forgot how good this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot how good Dances with Wolves is when I watched the, it. I was like, that the, is really solid. The theme, a uh, musical theme. That John happens, Dunbar's theme. Hap- happens a lot. It does. It is very good though. Yeah. yeah. This movie is very long, but mm-hmm. it is beautiful in its, l- in its length. Yeah. 181 minutes. And there's a director's cut that's even longer that has more establishing. Of Dance with Wolves, yeah. Uh, there are more establishing landscape shots. What? Man, I'm going back and forth on this one because also with acting, Orson Welles is the better actor between him and Kevin Costner. Yeah. Kevin Costner is We not didn't a great know actor. that Kevin Costner was a bad actor at this point. No, <laughs> Kevin Costner was being Kevin Costner and it just took us a real long time to figure that out. Right. Yeah. Um, I never saw... So I watched Citizen Kane in college yeah. in, in a film class. I'd never seen Dances with Wolves until a few weeks ago. And uh, it was funny. I, you know, I get to work and I'm like, hey, you know that movie that's super popular that everybody says is really good? It's really good. 
I, I liked it. However, halfway through, I was bored out of my gourd. Of Dances with Wolves? With Dances with Wolves. And I said, and this is probably just me being con, you know, contrary and bacon sales Zach, but I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. This is just Avatar. Or Avatar is just this. Yeah. And here's the dumb thing that I, I literally thought at one point. I would rather be watching Avatar. Whoa. They're the same story. One's more visually compelling. That said, at the end, but by the end, I found myself taken by the Lakota Sioux. Mm-hmm. I don't like Kevin Costner in this movie. I like the Lakota Sioux. And I, I, I walk away. I was thinking about it, right? It, it stuck with me of like, you know, that was really nice. That was a really good. That's, a, that's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, it all settles and you're like, well, I know how this ends because history. Uh, bummer. But uh, I, I found it a very compelling movie. So I, I think I'm going to go with Dances with Wolves. Wow, that's a turnaround. Dang. I was hoping you guys make this easy on me. No, nope. I've, I'm thinking Dances with Wolves. That's why Zach jumped in there. I think Citizen Kane is... I'm on, it is I'm not on, a first round I'm cut. On, I'm on team overrated. Wow. I think people like it. The pe- uh, this is the Chick-fil-A effect. People like liking it more you than they like it. You cannot say Citizen Kane is Chick-fil-A. They like liking it more than they like it. They like it liking it because dinner. they're like, this is, this is cinema. I, I, do, I do feel like the the idea of a newspaper icon is a little dated in today's world. I don't know if a lot of people will jump into it being like, oh, yes, of course, this is Randolph, uh, William Randolph Hearst or Joseph Pulitzer. But don't like, you think you can put yourself in who, that place, though? But, but, you, but you can California, see other people. That is the power that be, right? The evil empire. I, I do feel like, though, people could relate it to someone else of power mm-hmm. who who rose quickly and then just lost it all or even just became an empty shell of who they were. Right. Oh, man. Dance with Wolves, 12 Academy Award nominations. I'm looking at facts here because I'm having a hard time separating the two. AFI gave Citizen Kane number two on their best dramatic films of all time list. There's they, a right they're at, both in the, in the uh, and, uh, United States National Registry. Number 99 on IMDb's best drama list. Joel, there's a right answer, and it's not Avatar. Zach, you mentioned something that, that struck with me. Yes. I was watching Dance with Wolves, and... Like near the end, I was like, "Wow, I forgot how heavy-handed this gets at the end." Sure. And, and Kevin Costner is not great in in some of his acting moments. The Buffalo scene was fantastic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And those are robots. What? Yeah, yeah. They're they were killing. Ro- they were killing real buffalo. Well, good. But at the same robots? time, I was like, "That looks so realistic." This Jurassic Park. I yeah. appreciate. There's many of these movies on this list. I appreciate. You just look at it and you're like, "Isn't that's that real? so cool?" That's yeah. that's not CGI. Whether it's a battle scene or whatever. That's, you're like. That's practically done that's that's puppets that's whatever oh it's so nice yeah but seeing as how uh dance with wolves is the fourth highest grossing film of 1990 because it's behind ghost home alone and pretty woman all of which i might like more than dances with wolves oh i like ghosts better for sure (laughs) that's an unrelated thing but i I think (laughs) ghost is our drama of dramas based yeah based on legacy i gotta go with citizen kane all right citizen kane moves on now we have braveheart Scottish warrior William oh, Wallace leads his countrymen in a rebellion to free his homeland from the tyranny of King Edward I of England. Directed by Mel Gibson, starring Mel Gibson and Sophie go. Marceau. Oh, she's in a James Bond movie. Yes, she is. Versus Children of Men. In 2027, in a chaotic world in which women have somehow become infertile, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to a sanctuary at sea. Directed by Alfonso Cuaron <laughs> and starring Clive Owen and that, Julianne Moore. It's actually and pretty close to Clive Owen's voice, to be Michael quite Kine. honest. Michael Kine. The non-zombie Last of Us. Came out in 2006. So Braveheart is one of those dramas that whenever we say, give us a dramatic movie at Quickwits, Titanic, Braveheart, Always mentioned Why every single did time. Everyone stopped thinking about movies after 1997. I don't know. 
Uh, but Children of Men was one of those movies that I, for me, came out of nowhere. And 2009? It was 2006. Six. 2006. And it came out, and I was watching it, and I was like, holy cow, this is compelling. Because mm-hmm. it's about a world where basically the human, ra- human race can't have kids anymore. And this is right at the beginning, kind of not really spoilery, but uh, right at the beginning, you find out that the youngest person in the world, an 18 year old, this 18 year old yeah. uh, kid, for lack of a better word, was killed. And then everyone's like, yeah, we're just doomed. It's yeah. like The Road with more laughs. <laughs> there are it's there it are is some humor, it's, some humor it. it is a more hopeful movie so you know who's in this one now michael kine michael kine. yeah okay so when people think about children of men i don't know if they think about the drama which there are some great moments and i think the ending is very satisfying oh, it is wow, that one yeah. shot it's the one shot at the at the beginning well no so well, Alf- alfonso Cuarón does a lot of these sing the single shot single shot sequences sequences i can't mm-hmm. talk uh, where it looks like it's all one shot, and it's so well choreographed and well edited. So, so that one in the middle that you're talking about, where they're reversing the, the car and they're, yeah. they're being bombed and everything, and I don't want to get into spoilers. It is so scary, yes. and you're right in the car. I think the the cleverness of this is with the camera work, because you feel like you are essentially following them on this journey. Yes, like you're, you you're are in the middle of the you, action. You are with Clive Owen, not you're, you're following him with it. No, you are literally there. Yeah, and it, it is even the camera even moves in a way as if you were walking and looking around at the world around you. And there's a scene near the end where I cry every time. Sure, it's I so agree. well done, so yeah. well shot, so well acted, and just the moment it's quiet and it's amazing. And so, but at the same time, I'm glad it's on our list. I am too, and I think it was a great submission, but it's not going to be Braveheart. No, why? Because I never saw this movie. I saw it for the first time. I don't know what I was expecting, but I don't know why it gets the hype that it does. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Children of Men or Braveheart. Uh, Braveheart. Well, you Children were, of Men you were was expecting like, historically accurate drama. <laughs> no, Children of Men, I was like, what's this going to be? And you were taken by the, the story. Clive Owen's very interesting. The cinematography is great. Yeah. It, the world that, that's been created is, is fascinating. And Braveheart, I'm like, oh, that big climactic scene at the end that everybody shows is actually in the middle? Uh, this is just the, a whole lot of killing. It's in the middle. It's throughout the movie. I will make the case for Braveheart a little bit later. I just find the entire movie is full of those moments. It's full of acting du jour. Why do you care? Why do why, I care? Why? Why? why because what is there to care do, about? Do you this know what movie? happened? So in 1994, granted, I was a little too young to sure. see this movie, but I saw it a few years later. There weren't movies like that anymore. Okay. It was the first of its kind again, right? It had been 30, historic 40 years since a historical epic had come out. And Mel Gibson throws this out there, and we're like, okay. Universally you know? considered one of it, the least historically accurate movies of oh, all yes, time. Yes, but yes, we're yes. going to set that aside. Yes. yes. But I honestly, I believe Braveheart is, is beautiful because of its simplicity. It is a story of a man who's in love. His love is killed. He goes on revenge. And for it's some John reason, Wick. It, it is, but it's, and that's the thing. John Wick was satisfying. Kills. Taken, satisfying. Braveheart, satisfying. Mm-hmm. And Braveheart is the most dramatic of all those three. Is it dramatic? Yes. It is very dramatic. Oh, I couldn't buy in. At the, I, at I, the I, end, I did not at any watch point. Watch it buy today, in. cried at the end. Yep. I mean, the and, end. I, and I know it's coming. I know yeah. it's coming, still cry. Even, even with the betrayals and everything. But we got to move on, guys. Okay. The end ruined the movie for my wife. What? What? Yeah. I am I am voting for Children of Men. Yeah. I think it's a more compelling movie. I, I didn't buy into Braveheart hype, but tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Okay. Does it move on? Braveheart moves on. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Next, we have Forrest Gump. The historically accurate United States from the 1950s to 70s unfold with perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75 who yearns to be reunited with his childhood sweetheart, Jenny. Jenny. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Tom Hanks and Robin Wright. And a few good men. Military lawyer Lieutenant Daniel Caffey defends Marines accused of murder. They contend they were acting 
under orders. <laughs> Dumb synopsis. I, I love IMDb. <laughs> it's directed by Rob Reiner. Came out in 1992 and stars Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, and Kevin Bacon. Rob Reiner, man. Uh, the Few Good Men is it's it's an Aaron Sorkin, right? This is this yeah. is uh, it's a courtroom, courtroom drama. drama. The, courtroom is it the drama. only one we have on the list? West, yes, it is. I think so. The West, you know, West Wing, also Gilmore Girls. I mean, it's in that style. <laughs> it's so please well don't. Done. This is a movie that is so uh, it's it's such a fan of itself that everybody yeah. everybody's dialogue is so snappy. But I'll tell you what, it boils down to the entire movie is pointless to me until you get to the very last scene. <laughs> yeah. That entire scene makes that entire movie. Well, and the every, showdown. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone has heard you can't handle the truth at some point. And what, when you see a, an hour and a half of build up to get to it. And then when like, it hits, oh, you're like, geez. boom, there it is. But I really, really like A Few Good Men. Like, I think well, it is one of those movies that I forget how much I like it. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. It takes itself very seriously. Then we have probably it's, one of the most schmaltzy dramas ever made. Is. But it's, it's, it's very dramatic. There are moments, but they are forced. Forest. I, I, forced forest. I think it's it's just trying to interestingly weave itself through history. Well, and I agree. In, yeah. in my perspective, my limited, just me perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like Forrest Gump, really all it is, is a look at American history through childlike eyes. That is all it is. Yes. Yeah. Seeing all these events good or bad happening, but from the point of view of a child or a character whose IQ is that mm-hmm. of a child. And there's something about that that is wonderful to watch. I went to the White House again. Yeah. I met the president again. One of my favorite things is when this, uh, this is kind of a, a spoiler. I don't know. But basically you he says... You can spoil Forrest Gump. I'll allow it. He just says at one point, he's like, you know, my buddy invested in Apple and told me we didn't have to worry about money anymore. So I was like, well, good. One less thing. And for some reason that light right, gets right. me every time. But dramatic like, or a joke? Well, and that's that's why I like Forrest Gump so much is because it is a very unique blend of drama and comedy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when I saw it as a kid, uh, the drama actually passed me by. Yeah. Um, specifically Jenny. Specifically Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. Jenny's storyline is the the core heart and drama. It's what makes this She's a drama. She's the worst. She, she really is, she? is the worst. Is she a victim of circumstance? Ooh. No, she, she oh, definitely... Oh, that's another she had her heart. She had her hard upbringing... But I really, I don't like how she treats Forrest. I really don't. Until the end when she finally matures. Doesn't, d- don't people going through a hard situation deserve a forest? They need a forest. Like wow. a forest or a forest? They need a constant. Is like this that. a TED talk? I, oh. I think so. Yeah. A gump uh, talk? That makes Forrest the, even, an even better person. Well, and Forrest, he's willing to stand by her. Forrest Gump is a modern day tall tale. And I don't know many other movies like it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a big, Few Good it's Men big fish. is a compelling courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. But we get that so much these days, it yeah. almost feels like watered down. Because you but see with, that all the time, like acting powerhouses, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I, I'm I'm not downplaying how oh, much right. I like this Ke- movie. Um, Demi Moore is great. Jack Nicholson. Kevin great. Bacon. Ke- uh, Tom Cruise is great. Kevin Bacon's flat top. Oh my it's word! Great. It's so good. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. But, um, but even you know, this, they're they're at a, like a bar or a restaurant or whatever. Yeah. They sit down and they're having this intense back and forth using all this legal jargon. And then the waitress comes in and he very quickly orders his drink. And then they come back to it and they're having that back and forth conversation. It's exhausting. It is. I, I really speaking that, of exhausting, you can just watch that last scene and you've watched the the best no, part of the movie. It's so built up to it though. I know. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of exhausting, Nicola, Jack Nicholson was paid five million dollars for ten days of shooting. 
That equates to $500,000 a day. He's a smart man. The famous story. Well, of, he's not in Forrest Gump. I know, but he's a he's smart a man for man. taking that the, role. The famous story of that goes uh, that uh, they were filming that scene multiple times. Yeah. And they started by filming the reaction shots. And apparently, you know, they, they're like, hey, we're going to do the reaction shots first. You just take it easy. Yeah, he gave Jack, take it easy. the exact same performance every single time, Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson. That it, it, it's just like he's it's like, why are you giving it all all every time? He's like, because I love acting. <laughs> I love doing this. I'm going to put my vote out there first. I think it probably won't go much further, at least I hope. But I think Forrest Gump is more dramatic, even if it is a little insincere in its storytelling. I wouldn't call it insincere. I'd call it childlike. Whimsy. Okay. I'm going to agree with you, Kent, mm-hmm. because to me, there's ups and downs in Forrest Gump between drama and comedy. Right. So it's this kind of roller, co- roller coaster of emotion. Whereas in A Few Good Men, it kind of plateaus, and it's a great plateau to be on, but I didn't feel as emotionally drawn in right. as Forrest Gump. So uh, Forrest Gump is my Clean, sweet Forrest Gump. All right. Um, Forrest Gump moves on. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Now we're finally to the second side of this bracket. Oh, boy. Uh, it's not going to get any easier. However, we have Schindler's List. In German-occupied Poland during World War II, industrialist Oskar Schindler gradually becomes concerned for his Jewish workforce after witnessing their persecution by the Nazis. Directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes. And the one it's going against. <laughs> uh, true Grit. A stubborn teenager enlists the help of a tough U.S. Mar- tough U.S. Marshal. Scraps. This season's brought to you by Scraps. Uh, yeah, but this is directed by the Coen Brothers. Came out in 2010. Stars Jeff Bridges and Haley, Stein- Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld Matt Damon. Josh Brolin. Barry Pepper. I think we all really liked True Grit when it came out. I really liked True Grit. I grew up with the original. Yeah. Me too. And yeah, the 1969 uh, with I, John Wayne. Um, I admit that True Grit 2010 is a better movie. Okay. I it feels more crisp, like clean. Well, it's, it's a more fa- faithful adaptation of the novel. What, than, what's than her name? Maddie? Version. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. Ma- yeah, Maddie, yeah. yeah, Maddie is. She's so much better in the in, in Well, she's version. so much more annoying in the. She's awful well, in, in a good way. Like she's. But she carries grating. the movie in a new one. Um, is this so? This is a Matt Damon appearance. Yeah. Is our second appearance of Matt Damon on this list? I think first one. Oh, Saving Private Ryan. And this one. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so second appearance of Matt Damon. It'll, it'll come up again. Matt Damon. Um, uh, I think he's very good as as LeBeau. 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 What's his name? LeBeef. Uh, where's the beef? LeBeef. Um, Jeff Bridges, you throw the subtitles on and it's a good time. Yeah. You can't understand them otherwise. This is a great movie. And the other one's Schindler's List. Yep. Yeah. I <laughs> watch, Watching True Grit again, it was good. It's real good. And I, actually, I need to revisit the old 1969 one because I really remember really liking it. Watching Schindler's List was a hard experience. Yeah. And is it, it the only Western? Because of all the Westerns, it's Schindler's probably not. Isn't a Western There's one yet. more. There's one <laughs> Did more. Did you watch okay. it? <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Yeah, it's pretty far east, I mean, actually. it's just... <laughs> Okay, move on. Um, no, there's one more Western on this list. Okay, Zachary uh, Western. <laughs> um, you know what though? Uh, True Grit is fun. The old, the old True Grit's fun. I prefer Rooster Cogburn because it's a little, little lighter. Yeah, a little funnier. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Schindler's List definitely needs to move on to this one because it is heavy dramatic. Schindler's List moves on. Oh, this is so funny. Gonna Love have, making sale. Gonna have fun time finding clips <laughs> to play between rounds. <laughs> It's Hebrew from the Talmud. It says whoever saves one life saves the world entire. Once again, said before, say it again. Robin Williams wasn't on our comedy bracket even once. And here we are with Goodwill Hunting. Will Hunting, a janitor at MIT, has a gift for mathematics, but he needs help from a psychologist to find his direction in life. Directed by Gus Van Sant, starring Robin Williams and Matt Damon. 
Oh, another Matt Damon. And Dead Poet Society. Maverick teacher John Keating uses poetry to embolden his boarding school students to new heights of self-expression. Directed by Peter Weir. Came out in 1989 starring Robin Williams and Ethan Hawke. I can't think about Dead Poet Society without that thinking of the SNL. SNL. Oh, Farewell, Mr. Bunting. Everything. <laughs> It's ruined everything. Yes. I love that skit so much. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, but, Fred Armisen. But how I, I really didn't like IMDb putting two Robin Williams movies against each other. This is a tough I blame matchup. you for this, though. Why do you blame me for this? I don't know. I just do. It's not me. It's IMDb. This is a matchup Joel would have made when he was making brackets. When you guys think about rewatching Dead Poets Society, does it feel like the movies kind of has a, a film on it? Like it's meant to be kind of like overly sappy and overly inspiring. I don't know. I get this like weird nostalgic film. I feel or filter like, over the movie. I, I feel like this is a movie shown by teachers who really want you to think of them as Mr. Keating. Like, right. They want, yeah. you to, they want you to be inspired he, by he them. He is the poetry teacher, the maverick teacher, they call him here. But just yeah. the one you want to have because he does. He has a passion for the subject and he helps you learn. That being said, I remember being so devastated by Dead Poet Society when I watched it back oh, in the day. Yeah. Watching it as an adult, I was like, I thought I remember this being sadder. It oh, you is, don't think it's sad anymore? No, it is sad. It's, 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 still, it's still sad, sure. but I did not get emotional as at this one as I did at Goodwill Hunting. Is the, not that emotion is the only driving scene drama. sadder than what happens to a character in Dead Poets Society? I think there's a better acting. I, f- I think Damon does a really good job in this movie, but specifically the It's Not Your Fault scene. Kent, you kind of said it exactly the way I was going to say it, which is it feels, the Dead Poets Society feels like it's patting itself on the back on how important it is. Like, Oh yeah, poetry is amazing. We're all amazing. Look how amazing and we no, are. No, it's, it's important things. I think it's things that we should well, focus on, right? And we're cutting this down a peg because of this, like because of, because of doing this bracket. Dead yeah. Poet Society is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I just think Goodwill Hunting is a better movie. By the way, when Disney got the note, it feels so real. It's a better right? drama. When when Disney touched on pictures, but through Disney, they they gave script suggestions. They wanted to make the boys' passion dancing rather than poetry, and they wanted to call it Sultans of Swing. I don't hate the title, but ba-da, I hate the synopsis. Yeah. And apparently Ethan Hawke found Robin Williams incredibly irritating on the set of De- uh, Dead Poet Society because he was always goofing around. And Ethan Hawke was very much serious. I being like, serious one day I'm going to star in a movie about people talking in Europe. And it's going to be serious. <laughs> I do think Goodwill Hunting has sincerity on its side. Yes. And maybe it's because that was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's, you know, not their experience of going to MIT, but where they lived, sure. uh, how people acted. And I think it just feels very real. The the interstitial stuff with yeah. the buddies is really good. Really, I, I think Dead Poet Society, the strongest point is Robin Williams. And I totally. think the other parts sway into the melodramatic, which is... Melodramatic. Melodramatic. Yeah, which is that's it. It's, it's a little too... That's the filter I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, overly done. With that, Goodwill Hunting moves on. Absolutely. Clean sweet. Goodwill Hunting. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> Next up, we... Oh, my goodness. Yep. This this could be a final, honestly, for yep. me. Yep. Casablanca. A cynical expatriate American cafe owner struggles to decide whether or not to help a former lover and his and her fugitive husband escape the Nazis in French Morocco. Directed by Michael Curtis, starring Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. And this is one of the few films that is set in and filmed during World War that II. That blew my mind. I, I knew it was older. I didn't realize it was... This is 1942. Yeah. This is a movie yeah. about the war during the war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And talking about it like it's, oh, when it ends soon. Yeah. Years away. Oh, yeah. Geez. And then Titanic. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a kind but poor artist aboard the luxurious, ill-fated RMS Titanic. Directed by James Cameron, uh, who did Avatar. <laughs> and uh, it stars Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio and a bunch of other people. Do you guys feel like Humphrey Bogart pulls back the drama a little bit? Because you can, you can see him acting, right? Like it, it, he's such a classic actor. 
he's well, he's such that a it's persona. It's hard to buy him as a romantic lead a little bit, but he's such a persona. Even at the same time, I, I personally believe him as the jaded Rick. Like that is how okay, I think you're he's right. exactly like. And him. I think it's, it's it, he's helped by Ingrid Bergman, who is so great in this. Movie. I think you see his experiences have made him the smarmy guy. He right. Is. Okay. Because yeah. this is one I, I watched for this challenge I've mm-hmm. never seen before. Everyone talks about it as being an Alzheimer. And throughout this challenge, every time I saw an iconic moment, a well-known movie moment that you see, you know, before the movies play at the movie theater, I did the Leonardo DiCaprio whistle snap point. Yep. Yeah. Right. I did that so many, so many times kids in this moments because yeah, you're looking I, at you, kid. I did not realize I, I was expecting like a Gone with the Wind, right? A slow, methodical movie. Mm-hmm. This is it. Might as well be Aaron Sorkin. This movie is so dialogue heavy. Yep. It's obvious why there's so many for. iconic lines. There's so much dialogue. That dialogue is the action in this movie. One of my favorite facts about the movie is they they were trying to save budget, and so at the end there with the plane scene, the famous plane scene at the mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. it's actually a cardboard cutout of a plane. And then they had they hired little people to go back there to look like regular size mechanics to kind of get the force perspective really? thing going on because they, they ran out of budget and they had to put a lot of smoke to block it out. Well, it looks good. But it does. It, that thing, it looks so crisp and clean. You wouldn't even know that it, its budget was cut a number of times. Now, we get over to Titanic where it is the biggest budget of any movie on here and it is the biggest box office unadjusted for inflation of any movie on here. Well, Do you, we feel like the drama has aged well? Uh, yeah. I rewatched this movie. Of Titanic or of Casablanca? Talking about Titanic. Okay. I think Titanic, um, I was waiting for you guys to sink this movie no. because uh, of the time period in which you grew up because of the age that you are. I think that right. this movie, because it was so saturated in pop culture because of the song that everyone's tired of, I love this movie song. is not given a fair shake and well, how good it really is. And I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Zach, because I remembered liking this movie. I remember being like, yeah, yeah, the, the, the last part, the, the second half, Fantastic. And so I, when I went back and watched it for our highest grossing movie thing, I was horrified by the dialogue, which seemed like it was written by a 90s teen, 90s teen girl in particular. And the way they spoke with each other, I was like, wow, they're really kind of like, it was like if Aaron Sorkin were a punk rocker, <laughs> where it was like, or a 90s grunge thing, where it was kind of like, look how rebellious and cool I'm being. And I'm like, stop but it. You, do you think it. it still gets the vibe right, though? Like the dialogue itself, not very clever. But it still gets the feelings there. Why, but that's why, just it. So the drama would happen. I'd start building up, and all yeah. of a sudden, someone with, like Kathy Bates would make some snarky remark, like, ah, looks like I got my panties in a bunch. And all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> oh, no, no. You have to show that she comes from new money, Joel. I guess. The, here's the thing. This is, this is children. They are young. This is Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. But, yes. And I, I've always wondered, because people say all the time, oh, the end's really good. The end is really good because of all of the time invested in the human aspect of these people. You and I, I always wondered, you know, because you, you stop halfway through with the uh, <clears throat> car scene. Yeah, um, that is halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. and I literally was like, "Hold on, what is left in the runtime of this movie?" Oh, I forgot that the Titanic sinks in real time. So does that help or hurt the drama? Because I do think help. it's a good punctuation. For what's happened before. No, you've, you've come because if you just watched an hour and a half of the Titanic sinking, it'd be like, oh, this is a lot. I'm, I'm asking because I'm totally split on this no, one, the, actually. I, if you, if you, like the Titanic. An hour and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. An hour soon, and too, soon. too soon. It's been over 100 years. An hour and a half of the Titanic sinking wouldn't be compelling if you didn't get the human You're aspect. Right. You have to tap into these are real Otherwise people. Otherwise, it'd be a Michael Bay movie, right? Real relationships and real complexity. And so you're following Billy Zane around. You're following Kathy Bates around. And, you're, and, and of course... Rose and, and Jack. It's interesting because one movie, Casablanca, is about sacrificing for the one you love. Yeah. And Titanic is about sacrificing the one you love. 
on that door. Uh, this is what? this is actually an easy vote for me because while I definitely uh, felt the emotion of the sinking scene and there was a human connection there, I, I agree with that. Mm. Casablanca is one of those dramas that I went into at arms folded, being like, "Well, it's not going to be that great." And I got to the and end, it's and I'm like, old, and I was and like, yeah. "Yeah." And I got to the end, and I was like, "That was great." Joe, I completely agree with you on Casablanca. I was ready to be like, "This is going to be dull," mm. and I was compelled from the get-go yeah i really think this movie is fantastic if you haven't seen it do yourself a favor and see it but if you haven't watched titanic lately like give it a chance it is such a good i literally paused it four times while watching it with my wife and said this movie is so good also i have to use the bathroom yeah but (laughs) this movie is so good i i'm voting titanic i hate you both i know I think both movies are great. I, I didn't watch Titanic. I, I refused to watch it back in the day. And I've said this many times. I get I, it. I didn't watch it until we did our Oscar challenge. And I finally, it was the last movie I ever saw in the challenge. And the last movie he's ever saw. Ever saw. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? I loved it. I got over my stubbornness and I, th- I thought, this is great. I love both actors. I didn't even like young DiCaprio, his acting at that time. I wanted to hate him. Yeah, right. But I, you I can't. can't. He's charming. And Kate Winslet, I, I actually do like Kate Winslet a lot in Titanic. I will give you that the weakest part is the dialogue, yeah. but I kind of don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I, I the, best part, too, the best right? part of Casablanca is the dialogue. That's just it. The dialogue really was the thing where I kept being like, whoa, well, I don't remember it being this bad. Mm-hmm. It's very 90s dialogue. <sighs> but, but it's, you talk about epic. Does it get more epic than Titanic? It doesn't. Maybe. But also, I'm leaning towards historic, okay. and Casablanca gets the historic vote <sighs> and because they're both so good. But Casablanca will still be remembered, even though it's not one of the highest grossing films of all time. You two are um, among my best friends on this entire world, and you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're the mad one. Joel's been totally fine here. I'm being non-dramatic. I'm trying trying to be anti-dramatic on this drama You are so wrong. (laughs) Was that going to your final four, Zach? Absolutely. Wait, was that your rage right there? This might be a finalist, if not the winner. Hey, Zach. Fight Club. Okay, fine. Hey, no, don't talk about it. <laughs> fine. Casablanca moves on. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. All right. A little bit more of a modern matchup here. Okay, good. Kind of a bizarre one, really, but uh, interstellar. When Earth becomes uninhabitable in the future, a farmer and ex-NASA pilot, Joseph Cooper, is asked to pilot a spacecraft along with a team of researchers to find a new planet for humans. Murph! Directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. 2014? Yeah, this is the year 2014. Okay. Because uh, the next film is also... Nightcrawler? When Louis Bloom, a con man desperate for work, muscles into the world of L.A. crime journalism, he blurs the line between observer and participant to become the star of his own story. This is directed by Dan Gilroy and Kevin Tony's Ortiz, you said, and starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, and Riz Ahmed, Bill Paxton. I think Nightcrawler oh. is dramatic tension over drama. I, it's I wouldn't one of say those, drama. Yeah. It's one of those, maybe no country for old men, where you're watching, you're like, I feel icky, but I can't stop watching what's happening here. Mm-hmm. This is one of those kind of like Sigma male characters that you're watching going, I can't relate to him, but at the same time, I need to find out what happens. Similar to the Anton Chigurh thing. Like, yeah, it's totally. It's a very compelling character for bad reasons. Yeah. yeah well, you, you know, this is the, the case of the, uh, the the person you're following, the protagonist, is the, the antagonist. There's a know? scene where he's simply having like a drink and food with Rene Russo, mm-hmm. and it's a five-minute scene, and it's horrifying. Horrifying. Conversation. Uh, it is. That thing is, it is this conversation where you're just like, oh my gosh, these people are psychopaths. And it is. It's about this freelance photographer who goes out and takes pictures of crimes and yeah. sends them to the news stations. But then it becomes, oh, they like the sensational pictures. How can I make that happen? Near suspense, though. 
That's okay. This is my repentance round mm-hmm. for two reasons. Because you're going to make it up to me somehow. Num- number one. <laughs> number one is that I should have fought more to keep Nightcrawler off this bracket and put it on the thriller bracket. Okay. Because I, I believe it is more of a thriller it than a drama. It would do really well on the thriller bracket. Yeah, it would have done very well on the thriller bracket, but it's on here, and I, I, would have, I should have done that. My second repentance note is my initial review of Interstellar. Oh, you think I've ever forgotten that? Because I gave it a middling review. It wasn't poor. It just, I, I kind of yeah, was know. like, I yeah. was like, no, no, it's, 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 it's. Because my praise was all over. I called right? it sloppy. I said, it, I, I know, I know. I called um, it. There's some big old yada yada happening in this movie. Well, there is. Interstellar. And it you was just because. the dialogue. It was That's because the, there, there was something going on with the timing where it was like some scenes were really drawn out. Some scenes were super short mm-hmm. that I wanted longer. And it kept going back and forth. And I was kind of frustrated by it. And the ending frustrated me as well. We're, gonna, we're not going to spoil this movie. No. No. Uh, but in subsequent viewings, I have gained an appreciation for what this movie is and what it's trying to do. <sighs> And I've really got caught up, even though there's some parts I still, they go over my head. I'm not smart enough to understand all the quantum physics it. of a black hole. Right. But the emotion, the emotion no, remains you just, constant. It's a paper. You, you poke a hole in the paper. Yes. And then yeah. you go through the two uh, it, it comes down to it. It's a story of fatherhood and love and destiny. But it, it hit me harder on the second viewing. And then after that, it was got, I, I appreciate it now. And so I, this is one where I actually raised my score on IMDb. And now, now I hear s- several sighs from over in the corner. Uh, why? Okay. Um, it's because of Matthew McConaughey. Well, Christopher Nolan's best magic trick is the prestige. Christopher Nolan's second best magic trick is taking this giant, sweeping, crazy timed, th- this huge story mm-hmm. and somehow boiling it down to this in- intensely intimate story of a father and a daughter. And yeah. I, I, it, is, it is kind of crazy to me, right? Because there's all these things. That we're literally traveling through, through worlds, through space and time, and it really comes down to the main character, the person that matters the most, is his daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his, I'm and not crying. I'm just it's all about crazy. his relationship with his daughter and, and how they, they both, through this process, discover how they really feel about each other. And, it's, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's just so touching and so weird and how you get there. Right. But I, want, I have always wanted to hate this movie. Why? I hate Matthew McConaughey. All right. You I, hate Anne Hathaway. I hate Anne Hathaway. Once again, we have a Matt Damon sighting. <laughs> He's <laughs> back. This, this bracket's brought to you by Matt Damon. Yeah. I, so I watched it for the Nolan show, and for the first hour, I hated it. And then by the end of the movie, I went every single second of that movie was, was purposeful. Every single bit of that first hour all added up. Can we make it up for previous rounds with this one? I, I love you guys. Then, Zach, Titanic should go on. Then I, no, too late. Then I go. watched it again with my wife. Yeah. My, oh. wife, my wife wanted not to like it either. Yeah. She really, really doesn't like Anne Hathaway. She's yeah. okay on, on Matt, Matt McConaughey. Matt yeah, Matt, we're buddies now because <laughs> I like Interstellar. And Matthew Damon. They actually and she, she actually, when it ended, she was like, mm, I don't think I liked that. And then like three days later, she still is like, well, what about this? What about this? Which means she was thinking about it. And I was like, babe, I think you liked it. And yeah. I, this is a movie. So to, to long-winded way to say to your point, Joel, this movie gets way better with subsequent viewings. Yes, once you know what to expect. It's and ev- again in that first hour, everything you're like, "Oh yeah." And the truth oh, is, I have okay. thought a lot yep. about this movie since watching it and seeing it again, and, I'm like, and, "Yeah." And I don't know about you guys, but it sparks conversation. I as you know, I have like a cold chest cavity where my heart once was, but I've kind of since the pandemic, I've kind of opened myself up to feeling emotions. COVID made you grow a heart? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, COVID gave me a heart. <laughs> <laughs> and so I allow myself to feel more in movies, but even this one 
in 2014, the first time I saw it, when he just watches uh, his daughter talk to him in that, that screen. And, she, and yeah. she is so angry and yeah. upset she, and, and, and hurt. And him. he is shaking. He is just crumbling and just sitting there. It's a phone call, essentially. Can I? We, we got to move. I ball. And if a movie can make me cry, which a lot of movies will, and I haven't talked about it yet, that's successful drama. Interstellar. Nightcrawler is really good, though. It's really it's good. So I, good. I, I awesome. freaking love that movie. It was movie. one of my favorite movies of the year it came out. Great. <laughs> but uh, no. Interstellar moves on. Yep. Those are mountains. The waves. Next up, we have The Godfather Part 2. The early life and career of Vito Corleone in 1920s New York City is portrayed while his son Michael expands and tightens his grip on the family crime syndicate. Weirdly enough, he is specifically doing a Robert De Niro impression. Yeah, yeah, that's that really good. actually really good. Really good. Eyes and everything. Uh, directed wow. by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Versus The Last of the Mohicans. Three trappers protect the daughters of a British colonel in the midst of the French and Indian War. Directed by Michael Mann and starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Madeline Stowe. I didn't know it was directed by Michael Mann. I love Michael, Michael Mann. Mann. Our only Daniel Day-Lewis. Crazy, because well, he yeah. is the dramatic actor of all the, time. By the, the way, dramatic actor this is of the actors. only Academy Award that Michael Mann got was for uh, Last Mohicans, and it was Best Sound. Wow, not Heat Okay, for Best Awesome Crime Movie? Yeah. <laughs> I think we all love Last Mohicans, but nope. do we love it for the score? I don't like Last Mohicans. Not even for the score. I, I remember being bored by it when I first watched it, and that by like a soundtrack, and I'd listen to that. When I watched it again in preparation for this, I was like, once again, I was like, oh, maybe I was too harsh in this movie. And then I got to the end, I'm like, nope. Good I, moments. I do feel the Good same score. way about that as I do The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. Soft epic. You know, mm. it came out at a time where we're like, oh, it's big, and it's romantic, and it's dangerous, but it didn't hold a candle to the movies that came the out last, nearby. The last The Mohicans was, was R-rated. Yeah. And Boy, I ex- was it. I expected R-rated battle scenes. Mm-hmm. You know what I got? Pre-edited, uh, like pre-post-production uh, right. battle scenes. Right. Like they're hitting each other with axes, completely bloodless the yeah. entire time. <laughs> and I kept being like, why Why is this rated R? Mm-hmm. And there was a scalping or two, and I went, oh, probably that. That's the whole but, but the I, score is so good. It's good, but it also is really repetitive. Every time they start running, which is a lot in the movie. A whole time. <laughs> you guys are sitting here like like The Godfather is just, you know, it's just Godfather part two. Godfather part it's two. So tightly yeah. edited. The, yeah. The score. The score. You're talking about the score. Yeah. Of Godfather is amazing. What are you talking about? Yeah. Score. No, it's true. It's true. It is. But at the same time, I, I, I'll just say it. I don't like Last Mohicans. Uh, I I thought it was just really boor- don't don't like boring yeah I don't like it it, mm. it was two point five stars it was right on the cusp wow but I thought the first half was dull and the second half was clumsy mm. I I really Madeline Stowe I, though Madeline Stowe good come on Downey Lewis disappointing yeah disappointing like really I watched it's his most like a regular role I think he's ever taken yeah but I didn't like it. I I think most I think almost every single character in Last Mohicans is one dimensional there's no growth Uncas for anyone. Oh, no, they're, they're all they're, they're all either good or bad at the beginning, and they stay that way the entire it. time. Yeah, you're right. Except for one character, kind of. But Godfather 2 is moving on for me. Well, I think that's a clean, clean sweep. sweep. Yeah. Godfather 2 moves on. If history's taught us anything, it says you can kill anyone. Now we have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. When the relationship turns sour, a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other erased from their memories forever. Directed by Michelle Gondry and starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Versus The Help. An aspiring author during the civil rights movement of the 1960s decides to write a book detailing the African-American maid's point of view on the white families for which they work and the hardships they go through on a daily basis. Directed by Tate Taylor, uh, starring Emma Stone, Viola Davis, Bryce L. Howard, Octavia Spencer, Jessica Chastain. Uh, I hate that they're both in this movie. Oh, I'm so confused. Bryce Dallas Howard and Octavia Spencer. Yeah, they're so similar. (laughs) 
Do you guys like the help? No. I do. Really? Why? I did. I, I it I like surprised me. It surprised the movie surprised me because it was I don't know. It was surprising. I think it was, Viola it was Davis funny but also dramatic is an acting powerhouse. I, I thought it was gonna be a little more heavy handed in some regards. But in the mm-hmm. end, I was like, I mean, I only watched it the once. I have not seen it again. Is it, is there, it, there, is it saccharine history? Yes. A little bit. We're we getting a little bit. Okay. It's a little bleached. I sure. liked it, but I understand some people don't. I but think compared- you have really, really good actresses in this movie. Yes. That are giving like they, they'll accidentally give you a good performance. No, I think they're all doing a good job. With I mean, they're doing a good job, but like these are people who are so good at their job that they could sleepwalk through oh, this. So It'd be awesome. In that way, I think they're acting better than the script. I think they are absolutely elevating this movie. The movie's right. fine, but this cast is wonderful. Yeah. But I think that uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a, is a much more compelling drama. Totally. It's, it's got more to, to, to have you think about as far as well, the whole relationships. Of, yeah. If, if, you would, if you could erase pain from your life, would you do so? Like just the memory of pain. Yeah, it, we'll get into that in further rounds. Because are we going to go clean sweep here? Yeah. yeah. Eternal Sunshine's yeah, going to get this one. Okay. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind moves on. Now we have Whiplash. A promising young drummer enrolls in a cutthroat music conservatory. Are you, hey, are you dragging? Are you dragging? You know, or what is it? Are, are you rushing? Rushing, rushing or dragging? Or dragging. That's it. Uh, where his uh, dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. Directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Versus the Ten Commandments. Moses, raised as a prince of Egypt in the Pharaoh's household, learns of his true heritage as a Hebrew and his divine mission as a deliverer of his people from slavery. Directed by Cecil B. DeMille and starring Charlton Heston and Yul Brynner. Yul Brynner. We could fight for a long, long time and not come up with the right answer here. Because like, of Whiplash versus the Ten Commandments. This is such a bizarre it, matchup. I hate it so it, much. It's, we did, it's apples and oranges. We did talk but, Ten Commandments to death during the most successful movie of all time. And we were all show. very high on this movie. I think we're also all very high on Whiplash. Yes. I had a hard time with Whiplash at it's first. A, it's a difficult movie to watch. Because I didn't realize uh, there is no real hero. No. No. And once you realize that, once you realize it's a villain and an anti-hero, well, not even anti-hero, a whipping boy, basically. Yeah. The, when you end the movie and go, I don't know who's right. Yeah. I love the Ten Commandments, but it's not a dramatic roller coaster. Whiplash from start to finish has you in the palm of its hand. If this was Epic of Epics. Oh, truly. No question. Yeah, no but question. You're saying that, that but as far as a character piece goes and an aspirational musician just trying to make it and having a teacher that will accept nothing less than perfection, the way they just counterplay between each other makes this the better dramatic choice. So you're voting for Whiplash. Absolutely. I'm voting for Ten Commandments. Okay. Oh, and it's because Whiplash, I guess, it, you know, it all depends on your definition of drama. Mm-hmm. Whiplash, I was edge of my seat, stressed out the entire totally. time. And then I watched Ten Commandments and it's this inspiring kind of welling up inside you emotion. Mm-hmm. Also could be considered drama. It's not a comedy by any means, but I felt much more emotionally lifted up by Ten Commandments. Whereas uh, see, I need to take a nap after Whiplash because I was just like, I tired. cried in Prince of Egypt. I don't cry in the Ten Commandments. You don't cry in the Ten Commandments? No. Oh. I feel like it gets there by the end. And it gets very dramatic by the end, but there's just so much hammy acting that it, I go, huh, yeah, I remember watching this all the time. Whereas Whiplash, every time I watch it, which is about once a year, I'm sucked in. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to complain against your choice, though, because I think Whiplash is a powerfully dramatic film. Yeah. Zach, deliver us. <laughs> so let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah, we, we obviously, on in the Adjusted for Inflation show, we all sung t- Ten Commandments praises. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all like this movie. 
Um, but when it comes down to drama of dramas, I, I don't know which way to go. Whiplash is one of the most intense, intense movies I've ever seen. I really put it up there with Dunkirk. Like they're completely different movies, but I felt a similar like edge of my seat tension. That last seven minutes. Uh, that where I, were you at? I listen to the final drum solo, uh, that that final song all the time. I mean the story and that's told it. by that final performance. Yeah. What that teacher does to that student, and vice yeah. versa. Yeah, I, and I don't really want to spoil it because I know I could, uh, sure. a lot of yeah, people yeah, haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah. But the sort of ambiguous ending, the uh, you know every everybody's happy and mad at the same time. You know, it's 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 a little ambiguous all throughout. You are just like, come on, can this cat kid catch a break? And you are feeling his drama, his tension. Mm. Ten Commandments is such a good story. <laughs> it's been around for a real long time, and everybody really likes it. I'm going to catch flack for this, but I'm going to go whiplash. It's the right choice. It's not the right choice, but it's an okay choice. I, like, and it is apples and oranges. That's the problem. It, it's, it's super hard to compare. Because yeah. I would lean Ask on Legacy. Yeah. I, I don't think people talk about whiplash that much, but... I think it's because they haven't seen it. You know what? They will. This is, so? I, this is a movie that'll come up in like 15 years, because it doesn't age. This yeah, movie's right. not going to age. Right. This, this 15, 20 years, people will, people will be like... What about robot? When robots take over drums, it'll age. Oh, that's true. No, yeah, gonna be like so a, good a human drums. playing drums? Bad yeah, what? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Whiplash moves on. Were you rushing or were you dragging? And we're ending round one. Wow. Holy, Holy cow. Cow. With Inception. A thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea in the mind of a CEO, but his tragic past may doom the project and his team to disaster. Directed by Chris. We should Nolan. clarify people like users submit summaries yeah. for IMDb. And that is why we laugh at them. So yes. another Nolan choice. Thank you guys. Starring DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. 2010. And 2010. Yeah. 2010. Versus Tombstone. A successful lawman's plans to retire anonymously in Tombstone, Arizona, are disrupted by the kind of outlaws he was famous for eliminating. Directed by uh, George B. Costanza. No, it's, yeah. it's Cosmatos. Cosmatos, yeah. Starring Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth. A lot of people in this one. Starring Mustache. So who's who of 90s it, actors? Is it one of the coolest guy movies out there? Yep. Right? Yep. I mean, mm. and maybe just because Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. So good. He's and so that, good. That is the crutch. I think so. Because that is the crutch that Kurt Russell leans on to because Kurt Russell is not that good. Oh, it's I not, think he's super cool. I, I, I was always he's more of a always, Young Guns kind of guy. Cool. Yeah. Like I was Young Guns. You're taking guy. Young Guns over Tombstone. I would take young, young Guns over Tombstone. I like Young Guns too. And then but, I, I, I watched Tombstone and I was like, yeah, I don't really think it's good, but it's not as great as everyone made it out to be. So my vote is going for Inception because I feel like that is a drama. Once again, you need to watch multiple times to truly appreciate it. And it just gets more entertaining each time. I disagree. I think it's I think it reaches a point, right? You watch it a first time, great. You watch it a second time, even better. Third time, wow. Fourth time, diminishing returns. I've seen this movie six times. Five, five, five Wait, or six for times. Inception? Inception. You're measuring it based on each time. Yes. I love that uh, so much. I think I think after uh, the peak of this movie is the third or fourth time you've seen it. Mm -hmm. And after that, I'm like, I like this movie less every time I watch it. Really? Okay. I think for Christopher Nolan's show we did, what, two years ago now? I think I watched it for my sixth time. And I'm like, I don't know that I'll ever watch this again. Some would say it's his masterpiece. I think Interstellar's better. Well, now Kent doesn't know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I was literally <laughs> speechless. I I'm think, of two minds. I think the Inception is slick. You know, but it is okay. like a great Look, like spy thriller. Here's the thing. It's not Interstellar versus Inception yet. So does Inception move on or does Tombstone move on? I, my last name is Western. 
Yeah, I'm going to vote for Tombstone. <laughs> but aren't there better westerns that and uh, there, yes, there, know, there are there are better, better westerns that could have been on this list. There are better westerns. Yeah, but I really like Tombstone. Tombstone's great. It is a very it's a watch super watchable but movie. It's a, really interesting. It was so cool for listen, its time. Dad movie bracket called Tombstone's going to be on the list. Mm. Inception might as well, but the dramatic elements in Inception are the crux behind the story and behind the action. And so I think it's two out of three. <sighs> okay. Inception moves on. Inception moves on. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Okay, we've given details. We're going to take less time, except for <sighs> uh, with editing. I'm going to cut down a lot of dead air. Can we hem and haw over what we want to choose? But we're down to our sweet 16. Oh, right, Zach? We have many, many a final matchup, mm-hmm. and we're only in round two. Here we go. Here we go. Shawshank Redemption versus Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Holy cats. <sighs> I was so, prison I was, drama versus civil war drama. I wasn't very high on Gone with the Wind, so right. I'll just quickly jump out there. Shawshank Redemption. Saw it for the first time because I was on my shame list that I hadn't seen it before. Watched it last year. So good. It wasn't overhyped. No. Lived up to the massive hype. And, and what does that anymore? And that's just it. I'm going to play my hand here a little bit too because mm-hmm. well we just, didn't even talk about this movie. In the last no, time. Shawshank Redemption is one of those movies that it didn't do well in its initial theaters, but then because uh, it was nominated for some Academy Awards and then it was re-released and then it was put on TNT where it was played all the time, people started watching it. Now, Gone with the Wind is a powerful, powerful drama and it's film history. But I watch that one once every couple of years. Yeah, just to remember. Oh yeah, this is a pretty amazing movie. Shawshank Redemption, every time it's on, I watch it. Every time it's on, I, I get emotional. I gotta vote for Shawshank. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. Shawshank Redemption comes wow. on. I believe in two things. Discipline and the Bible. Here you'll receive both. Next up is Saving Private Ryan <gasps> versus Life is Beautiful. <laughs> wow. Very okay. different aspects. I'm jumping out first. I think Life is Beautiful should get the, the move ahead. I know it's not a war movie, and war movie brings blood and guts in that first 15 minutes, which is so dynamic, right? It's so incredible, but it's it's just a war movie. It, I think just I think the ending makes you cry, and it should, and it does, but it really is a war movie with discussions in between talking about character backgrounds, whereas I think Life is Beautiful tells a story, and it's that contradicting tone that works in its benefit. I think Saving Private Ryan is straightforward and was bested by Band of Brothers. Now, can't don't you uh, dare easily. be right. Oh, I, I don't know if can't, I am. I just had to, I did do this before you no, guys vote. Can't, I, I have to say, we, we've said that before. I've said that before where it's like, it's really the first 15 minutes and then the movie kind of becomes good after that. Not, not great. Right. Watch, it, watching it again, though. Except for the end. Well, no, watching it again, though, I was like fully pulled in to Saving Private Ryan okay. almost the entire time. And I cool. went, man, I, I keep giving this movie the short end of the stick, but it is really well I done. I find this movie to be like a funnel, right? It starts out really wide mm-hmm. and it really, as it move, you move through it, it narrows in it does. to what you need to be thinking about. It's almost like the uh, the opposite of what I was talking about with Titanic, mm-hmm. where we start small to appreciate the big. Right. It's almost like you work your way the other way. I, I, I Meanwhile, you have Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful is, is a, it's a, it's a good movie. It's less accessible. It's, more accessible, I, I, no, I less dramatic, accessible. right? Well, like, what are we, what are we counting here? What'd you vote for, Kent? Did you already vote? Life is beautiful. You vote, okay. Oh, I, th- I think it's literally no. harder to watch. I'm, I'm going counter. I'm going counter only because, from my perspective, we're going drama of dramas here, right? Life is beautiful is very dramatic in the second half. First half, more comedy. Saving Private Ryan starts off very dramatic, and it does not let up. 
it is the more dramatic movie. It is the, the more accessible movie in that regard because I do think Life is Beautiful will turn some people off with the goofy style comedy. I got to vote for Saving Private Ryan. Oof. I'm going to go with Saving Private Ryan okay. as well. That's fair. I just, we got to move past it. Saving Private Ryan moves on. Yes. This. Now we have the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> versus Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane. <laughs> we, we tried, Count. We tried. Well, I think Count of Monte Cristo. It's a fun adaptation. It, I, I enjoy it. it. It got put up against kind of a, a well, an easy one last time. No, it didn't. Uh, but this, this uh, novel by Alexander Dumas is a very good story. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of a swashbuckling 90s, almost cartoonish. Yeah. Um, adaptation. Early 2000s. Still, well, that's, well, it feels like the 90s, kind of like Three Musketeers era kind of thing. Oh. Where they're trying to be so cool. Chris O'Donnell. But it is very dramatic in parts, and I, I do really enjoy it, but compared to Citizen Kane, sorry. No, I get it. Citizen Kane moves on. No, I don't know many people. I know too many people. I guess we're both lonely. Now we have Braveheart versus oh, Forrest Gump. Oh, man. You're choosing Forrest Gump. I'm choosing Forrest Gump. Okay. I, I think Braveheart's a very good movie. I was not particularly taken with it, but uh, I, had, I had grown up with Forrest Gump, and then I watched it again ahead of this challenge with adult eyes, and I think it is a very interesting, good movie. I will watch it again on purpose. Yep. Um, I, I, it's, it's very it's, enjoyable. It's a good movie with a mix of a lot of things, Yeah. but the dramatic pick is Braveheart. I, I, could, I, this see, is, I see where you're coming from. And it's, you know, Why it's, are we being so nice? Oh, to each other? Yes. We're disagreeing in a I nice love way. you, you moron. <laughs> Do you buy that? Which movie is that from? I don't even know. Gilmore Girls? Yeah. Actually, it's probably from Gilmore Girls. I hate Because I love you, idiot. But for me, it's, it's Braveheart. There's multiple stories to be told here, right? There is the war stuff right in the middle. And it feels like you kind of use that against it, even though Saving Private Ryan kind of coasted on that. Whereas I think the story of what was being taken from these people, I think really a lot of these dramas come down to the underdog trying to achieve more. And the story of William Wallace, while sure untrue or whatever, is, and so is Saving Private Ryan, to be honest, it was a guy they're, that's... They're both amalgamation Yeah, stories. it's it's a guy who's never been knighted that came from nowhere to lead a rebellion. And in the, the, in the story of this movie... Yeah, right? Forrest Gump, no, yeah. rebellion? Oh. No, but in this movie to literally changed the course of history in this movie i understand and it has amazing villains it has betrayal do we know what what year is this set uh 1300s How, where did he get all that hairspray huh. <laughs> there's the same place like he, got, he was same place they got the kilts magic he, land he wasn't yeah. using conditioner yeah. so that oh that gosh, was kind of how it is yeah there were no there, there were no kilts, kilts. But, no. but whether it's like the realistic looking violence because who oh boy the the, the, the the score special effects not the CGI the and special I will effects say, of Braveheart are great. Well, Where, don't forget that that Forrest Gump was groundbreaking in visual effects. Oh, it looks so bad right some now. Some of like some of the mouth stuff well, do not match Lieutenant up. Lieutenant Dan is that looks still fantastic. outstanding. Yeah. Um all of the the yeah the John Lennon in particular yeah. awful. But as far as drama goes, I think the sadness William Wallace feels it several times, the revenge he gets early on in the movie when you see him ride his horse behind those shacks i was like oh here it comes there's fear excitement there's drama and there's sadness and at the very end it still gets me every time and gives me tears i'd rather watch the Northman. this is not an easy matchup no it's not because for me this came down to honestly to preference both of these are great movies i'm I'm kind of uh, making these background mental notes of every time i look at a movie and i'm like okay what are my cry points in this movie look what points (laughs) i I love that 
both of these have one right near the end. Mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. I don't, I don't want to give spoilers, but just when he's asking about yeah. the kid yep. and saying, is he smart or is he? And he points at himself like, every time. Oh, God. Oh I just got pushed right there. Yep. That That's, got me so much. Yeah. And then, obviously, Freedom with William Wallace. Mm-hmm. That, and, 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 and the music swelling at that yes. moment. Oh, man. That, it, is a, it is a chick flick for guys. Yeah. Is what it is. Because get your big. tissues out. Yep. That being said, we are. I do feel like Forrest Gump could be off-putting to some in the sense of the comedic elements and the sense of the, the kind of the CGI that back then groundbreaking, amazing, but the visual effects kind of have not aged well in some parts in the, in the archive footage stuff. <laughs> Nobody's going to call Braveheart goofy. No, but you can, there's a lot about Forrest Gump. You can call goofy, but it's amazing how Forrest Gump just ingrained itself in popular culture. It did like Forrest Gump impersonations alone and, and phrases like life is like a box of chocolates. Like this, this was pop culture because it showed pop culture. The whole movie is about the history of the world and all these events that happened sure. and all the popular culture of the time. Having a hard time, I'm going to have to go strictly on rating here, and my higher-rated movie is Braveheart. Okay. Braveheart moves on. Joel, love you. Always have. Always will. You know you can fight. But it's our wits that make us men. Yay, we're the second side of the bracket already. Look how fast we're going. Yay. Yeah. Right. We're right into Schindler's List versus Goodwill Hunting. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to go first this time, Joel? Sure. Okay. Because I'm going to pick Schindler's List. Because when it comes to drama of dramas, Goodwill Hunting has dramatic moments. Wouldn't you say it sneaks up on you? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Schindler's List does not sneak up it on you. It does not sneak. It, it's like signs pointing everywhere saying, this is going to break your heart. Here's the evil of the world. Yes. But yeah. here's the good in the is world that, as is well. Is that manipulative? Well, but that, like Ken mentioned that earlier, and we, I do feel like, yes, Schindler's List is heart-wrenching and hard to watch, but people sometimes forget that it does have that underlying hopeful message of the good in people, that there can be good in people, people can change, and one person can <laughs> easy, make a huge difference. Easy, Rocky. <laughs> if I could change, you could change. So American. I'm choosing Schindler's List, though, between these two. I, I feel like it is the more impactful movie, it is the more dramatic movie, it is the better movie. Better movie? I do think so. Zach, what about you? I don't even know that this is Spielberg's best movie from 93. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Schindler's List is better than Jurassic Park. (laughs) I think, see, with Good Will Hunting, though, this is a very human story. It is. That is, uh, 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 treading treading lightly here, uh, maybe in some ways more more relatable to us. No, that's fair to say. Because it's like, okay, well, this is a kid who's coming from from nothing to be something. No, I mean, that's very interesting. No, we all feel personal trauma in a way, no, right? But and I, I love the idea of Goodwill Hunting of are you reaching your full potential? Yeah. Are you doing all you can? The, the, and, uh, I didn't know that I hadn't seen Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. until this challenge. I'd seen all of the key scenes. Right. But what I, I heard someone say is you can you can tell if you've seen Goodwill Hunting if you remember Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because he actually is very good in this but his his speech that he gives to him of like oh, i yeah. hope that i come up and you're not there yeah that is that to me was the part yep. that set that movie over the stuff with robin williams is wonderful that's all great but the stuff with his friend who's like i i will support you in whatever you want to do but mm-hmm. i i hope don't get the, stuck with you're me. the best of us i hope for the best for you right i love that messaging that and i don't feel i don't feel like social social responsibility toward that. I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Schindler's List is an amazing movie. It's an all-time movie. And picking it would be an absolutely correct choice. But I am continually impressed by Goodwill Hunting. It's, it's raw. It's real. It's interesting. 
It's a great watch, and I will actually pick Goodwill Hunting. Okay, great case. Yeah, but Schindler's List moves on. I, I appreciate that. It's Schindler's List. No, it's, it's a great, it's great pick, List. but it's Schindler's List. Schindler's List moves on. Stop making me get audio clips from Schindler's List. Today is history, and you are part of it. Next, we have Casablanca versus Interstellar. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're basically so the much. same movie. <laughs> no. Almost like it's oh. like a remake, almost. I don't even know what to say well, about this. Guys, they actually rushed. Like We talked about it being set during and filmed during World War II. They rushed it into release to take advantage of the publicity from the Allied invasion of North Africa. Like that's how they like, were banking on the war a little bit. Oh, geez, a little bit. Which feels, feels a little skeezy. I'm going to make a case for Interstellar, obviously. Right. I don't think Nolan will ever hit the emotional beats that he hit here. Maybe by accident. Maybe it was a magic trick. Like you said, Zach, but but he hit it. And I think it's because the themes are relevant, even though it's about, oh, the blight, it's the end of the world, or space travel, or where are we going to go next? But the, the themes really come down to the passage of time and the loss that we all experience, and maybe what we could have done differently. Can we get a chance to do it differently? And I think that's more relevant than maybe a sweeping story of, oh, a love lost, the one that got away, how can I make her life a little bit better? And Nazi Germany occupying places they shouldn't that's also part of casablanca well no but that's i'm going with themes here right sure and i think you you boil it down to a love story i'm like it is but it's also no and i love casablanca i think that's more of a of a tone setter as opposed to an actual impact on the story Hmm. maybe this is me just getting into the meta i feel like because of the time frame Mm -hmm. they were a little gentle in the war stuff (laughs) probably yeah i'm gonna go next because i have a contrary vote to you, Kent. Oh, come on. Because I feel like Interstellar, like I said, took me multiple viewing centers to appreciate it more. Okay. And it is dramatic, yes, but Casablanca, something about it is timeless. I get it. And it is endlessly quoted and referenced. Like all the time you hear things like, play it again, Sam, which is actually a misquote. Mm-hmm. And of all the, of yeah, all the places really in all the world you came into mind. All like, joints yeah, there's yeah. all these sayings and, and things that came from this because and even the but, song, As Time Goes By, is emotional for the, people. The song that was played 47 times in the movie. So many times. I mean, it's I good. Still, I still and and movie quotes are good. Are they dramatic? Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying it, the movie quotes happened and the references happened because this made an impact. And Truly, the impact you're has right. lasted. Yeah. So I'm voting for Casablanca. As I've said many, many times, I did not see Casablanca until this challenge. And I really was impressed. This is a movie that holds up so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dialogue is endlessly interesting. I'm going to give the nod to the epic nature of Interstellar. Wow. I appreciate the grand and vast storytelling while also being an intimate story. Casablanca is iconic. It deserves, Is it more, a, a, more of a movie of movies? It, maybe. I find the drama more compelling in Interstellar. I'm going to go with Interstellar and not think about it too wow. much. Wow. Did not see that coming. I didn't either. I will probably listen back to this and regret that. You did not see that coming? Uh, Stop. Love is the one thing we're capable of perceiving that transcends dimensions of time and space. Now we have The Godfather Part 2 versus Eternal Sunshine (laughs) of the Spotless Mind. Again, basically the same movie. Before we get rid of Eternal Sunshine, I'll just make a case, even though I don't know if I'm voting for it yet. It's a cerebral drama, right? Very. There's a lot of uh, funky science fiction going on that maybe doesn't need to be explained. But what it does now is the emotional elements of a doomed relationship. And I think every part of this movie, whether it's the camera work or the dialogue or the weird out of time or uh, fantasy sequences, it 
dives into that deeper love story into something we've all kind of felt before, right? Do we want to get rid of emotions from the past or emotions from an ex? Or is that something that we need to live in? Yeah, for sure. What are you voting for, though? uh, I don't know, because there's Godfather 2, which is a great movie. Is it the Godfather 1? No. No, the Godfather 1 is better. I don't know why. I don't know why people say that the Godfather Part Two is so good. It is a really uh, good continuation. Well, it is the in the struggle with the immediate family. Without giving any spoilers, that mm-hmm. hits Michael hard. And I think what his his actions, the retribution, is pretty serious well, sure. for film what, history. What I found was funny in my research as I was looking it up is that Godfather Part Two did not do well upon initial really? critical reviews. What? They were saying it is not, it pales in comparison to the original. They were saying the intercutting stories was uh, too frequent and didn't give enough time to huh. to really appreciate it. I have a problem with that. I but have a problem with the, the way that it's done. I don't understand why. It, I feel it, like it makes no sense. And there's no. But do you no, like De Niro? There's no thematic connection between the two. I understand that. I would much rather go with the the Godfather saga or the Godfather epic, which is chronological cut of this movie. Hmm. I would rather just watch the entirety of Robert De Niro as as a young Vito Corleone, watch Marlon Brando, who is brilliant yeah. as Vito Corleone, right? A, a Don Vito Corleone, and then well, then carry on Michael's story. They were going to like they, when they got those initial reviews from screenings. They were going to try to fix the or like work with the timeline and get it kind of back together, but they ran out of time, which is weird. But and they ran out of yeah. time and then had to push it forward, and so it kind of went out. But then that's just it. Is once it was reevaluated, people started changing the reviews, and everyone started saying, "Actually, it's pretty good." It's great, but maybe I mean, better than the original. When you and, and many people say that this is the example, uh, this in the Dark Knight, Empire Strikes Back Terminator. of of uh, Terminator Two of the sequel that's better than the movie, the original movie. Debatable, yes. Debatable, yes. Which that's if there's a debate, that's a but good. But once sign. finishing this three and a half hour movie, you go, wow, I just watched something really important. But I do think one, and it's not a comparison of one and two. This is the comparison of two and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Thank you for being clear, right? And so it it is a great film. Eternal Sunshine is is really good. It, it is not to Godfather level. Mm. There are really interesting themes. Um, I'm, Here's I come back to this. It would be Godfather too because I think it's more a more of an important movie. But it's the last scene when they are running off into the beach and it's winter and they keep replaying in Eternal Sunshine, in Eternal Sunshine when they keep replaying them going forward and it keeps repeating and the music keeps repeating and I go wow this movie is going to keep going. Sorry I spoiled it. But what they went through is going to keep happening again and again. Mm-hmm. And that's what hits me. The dramatic ending. Yes. What are you guys voting for, though? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. The Godfather Part 2. I actually, since I've watched it, I am really struggling to stop talking about it. Okay. I loved both these movies. I prefer The Godfather Part 1, but I love them. They're you, great. And you guys know me. I've never been big on gangster dramas. Sure. Mafia dramas. But it is the one that transcends them all. This this is one that, that breaks through that barrier. Right. I'm like, I, I, really I agree well with done. you. I actually thought I would not like this movie because I don't like gangster and mob movies. But this one is different. It is. And while, while Eternal Sunshine hmm. is one of my all-time favorite movies, Same. a personal favorite, Yep, I'm pulling a cant here and voting out my darling Oof. and letting Godfather Part 2 go through because I feel it is the more drama of dramas. Ooh. Right, Godfather 2 moves on. That hurt. If history's taught us anything, it says you can kill anyone. Now we have Whiplash <laughs> versus Inception. I love this one. Weird. Do you, though? Because you have to vote against one. Yeah, and it really hurts because I'm probably going to pull a Kent here. I don't know. 
because I was just about to say Whiplash because I think the character drama works so well. And that's what the movie's based on. But I go back to what do I care about at the end of Inception? And it's about him seeing his kids. Dom. Oh, that last part. Oh, that it's about him seeing his kids. Dom and Mal. Yeah. Yes. Right, that, the the storyline with his wife. Yeah. That is very interesting stuff. But also the storyline with Killian Murphy and his relationship with his father. Yeah. And right, that's often forgot about. That is technically the A plot, mm-hmm. but it feels like the B plot yeah. in this movie. I, I'll go first. I'm voting for Inception. I, I do really like Whiplash. I mean, and like is a hard word to use because it is so unpleasant to watch. But Inception was that emotional breakthrough where I had those ups and downs and multiple times almost brought to tears or brought to tears. Where it is you mean when t- the, the, he's going through the airport and time is playing on the score? Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go with Whiplash because I think that Inception is a really good cerebral action movie. It is with, borderline action. With a yes. soul. It is an action movie with a soul. It is borderline Ooh. action because they have that action sequence, especially near the end. With the car chase and, and the guns and all that. The spinning Joseph Gordon-Levitt hallway thing. Yeah. That, that Which is what you think of when you think of Inception, right? Yeah. The, and the snow fortress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is, to me, I mean, Nolan has even said, this is his Bond movie. I think when you think about Inception, you think about the action. But when you're watching it, for me, I think about his kids. Well, that's I why think about when will he see their faces. That's why it's sticking around. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not about spinning top. It's what does he need to see? The spinning yeah. top doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, there it's is no whatever, spoon. Because it's, it's whatever Dom accepts as reality. Go, 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 guys. My reality is Inception wins. Whoa. hi Inception moves on. <sighs> Happy Christopher Nolan to you all. You're waiting for a train. A train that'll take you far away. We move to the next round. We move pretty quickly. Yeah, okay. Okay, fine. Elite Eight here. Oh, oh my gosh. This is the final round. We gotta Guys. hurry. We gotta hurry. Shawshank Redemption versus Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I'll go mm. first. We'd like to thank our patrons. Go first. Shawshank Redemption. Joel, it, it, there's, it, I think Saving Private Ryan is more simple, and it's a wonderful war film, but it's it's very simple with great performances. But it then is. there's Shawshank Redemption. It is, and I can't say anything bad about no, either you. one of these movies. Have we really ha- like had the, the need to talk about why Shawshank is good, or have we just no, we haven't really it, talked about I, it? I, I know. I really think okay. Let's give a little credit here because I think few movies in the world are as powerful as Shawshank Redemption. Like this, honestly, if I may put it in terms that some may understand. This movie drags your emotions through a river of filth only to come out clean the other side. You get you get through the ringer during this movie and then you get to the end and you're like, wow. I think hope. what works about it is the it has like a five act structure where you even get some victories at the along end the of way. it. Right? What's that? You get victories along the way. Hey, you get victories along the way and then there's misery. And I think a good drama will make you think that there is no winning in the end. Mm-hmm. By the third act, you should feel hopeless. Until maybe there's victory or redemption. And a good drama pulls that off. And I think Shawshank does. One of the best gasps of, uh, you know, both literally and metaphorically mm-hmm. um, at the end of a movie that yeah. you'll ever see. And this has been, just to put it out there, the number one film on IMDb's user-generated top 250 since 2008. What about Paddington 2? It's not up there? That's not Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> this, is, this is IMDb, top yeah. 250. I, oh, I love Paddington 2. I, when I think Paddington 2 wins drama dramas. <laughs> <laughs> wins everything. Oh, Knuckles. I am also voting for Shawshank Redemption. I am also voting wow, for Shawshank Wow, that Redemption. was a final rounder. Not even it a pity vote. was. No, not even a pity vote. Because Saving Private Ryan is so good. I just watched it today. It's so good. There are other movies like it. There's nothing quite like Shawshank Redemption. Remember, Red, hope 
is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Right. Citizen Kane versus Braveheart. Oh, God. Zach, you go first. We're in some all-timers. Okay, yeah. I, I guess I've been anti-Braveheart this whole time. But also kind of anti-Citizen Kane. I am not the biggest fan of Citizen Kane. I really liked it when I was studying film. I don't like it now that I just enjoy films. So I'm going to take Braveheart. Me too. Wow. I'll give a pity vote to Citizen Kane. Yeah. I, I, I'll give it there because, man, it, it really is a well-done drama. I just feel like it's lost it's a lot of its punch because of time. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a little gimmicky at the end, but at the same time, yeah. if you don't know the ending, it's like, and once you understand what's going on, you're totally. like, whoa. One of, the, one of the great twists of early cinema. Braveheart gets it. Every man dies. Now every man really lives. All right. Now I look at a matchup where I, I, I have made a mistake. Schindler's List versus Interstellar. <laughs> Wait, what did you put? Uh, what did you knock out for Interstellar? Casablanca. Oh, I think that's fine. Mm. Either one. Hey, guys, I would just like to thank you very much, guys. Mm. I'm glad we're all friends. I think this is the first bracket we've ever just been friends. And that, that may change. We are scared of each other. But thank you for letting Christopher Nolan go this far with Interstellar. I love this movie. I love it. Hey, hey, guys, we've been super nice to each other. This should be Schindler's List versus Titanic, you guys. Come on. Even then, it would be easy. <sighs> it's still Schindler's List. It's Schindler's List. Okay. Yes, it Joel. is Schindler's List. Schindler's List moves on. <laughs> I... We're get this is really obvious, guys. Our final four is super obvious. We're at the final four? No, we're almost there. Oh The Godfather Part Two versus Inception. How much drama do you get from Godfather Part Two? I I get a lot of it. You do? Because it is it is a, a family drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's subtly a revenge tale that mm-hmm. you kind of forget about with, with Vito. You for, kind of Do forget. Do you like Michael, though? Like, are you sad he gets betrayed? You, um, you, I think you are sad to see his, seeming, his downfall. I think he, you get that in the first movie, though. As, well, I think you kind of have to follow his story along both movies. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have The Godfather 2 without knowing the base of The Godfather 1. So does and, that hurt the movie? Maybe. But his, his story is... It is a fall mm-hmm, into this seedy world. Mm-hmm. In, in, in again, going back to the first one, he, you know, Vito Corleone says, "I don't want this for you," and he not only does he get into it, he gets deep into it and worse into it, and he is made a worse person for it, and that is sad. I'm voting for Godfather too. I'm also voting for the Godfather. Okay, that's probably a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. All right, so our our final four, which you probably could have guessed going into this, are uh, we so this predictable? Is so, this is pretty basic, but these are really good movies. We have The Shawshank Redemption against Braveheart, and then we have Schindler's List versus The Godfather Part Two. First up, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption versus Braveheart. So what? Okay, Zach, you know me, Zach. It's, you have two easy. movies on your shelf. This is what you've been doing every br- bracket. Every bracket. We've done. Which one do I feel like watching? And I know sometimes you go against that logic. Sometimes. But of the these two, okay, I know. I think I know where you're going here. Is it Shawshank, even though it's a little bit heavier? Shawshank is, I think, one of the most watchable movies. Because even okay. though it is a little bit heavier, you know you're coming out okay on the end. Okay. Braveheart, you, you, you know you're getting... For me, uh, and I don't know where I'm going here, if we're going favorites, Braveheart is preferred. 
Yeah. I like Braveheart way more than Shawshank, but I respect Shawshank as one of the best films ever made. Yes. I'm broken. I'm just staring off in the distance because yeah. these are both five stars for me. Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. Oh, you have Morgan Freeman becoming Morgan Freeman. Is before Morgan he was Freeman. a cliche. And I'm just saying the, the cliche does feel like I should just vote for Shawshank Redemption. I watched it two days ago and I didn't cry. What? I didn't cry. I don't think this but is I a felt, crying But movie. I felt a lot. I felt things the entire time, but I didn't cry. I don't, I don't, I've never cried in this. Because movie. I feel like you kind of feel misery with Andy as he goes up until maybe things change, right? Andy Dufresne. You're just going to say that? And, <laughs> if I did Andy more, it might spoil the movie. <laughs> These are both really, really well-made movies. I want to make it tougher, Joel, but I think there's a right choice. And I'm going to go against my heart. And I do think Shawshank should go forward. I'm just going to throw it out there. Joel? So you vote for Shawshank. I think we, yeah. So I'll give my pity vote to Braveheart. Should I go Braveheart too? No, I think that's the right decision. <laughs> it is the right decision. Braveheart, I prefer Braveheart. So good. I, I like both these movies so much. When I'm thinking drama of dramas though, Braveheart is definitely up there, but I think Shawshank got his I mean, just think about that moment when you're like, oh, he's getting out of here. He's getting out of prison. James Horner versus Thomas Newman. Oh, the scores. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption moves into the final round. <laughs> of course it does. Get busy living. You get busy dying. Now we have Schindler's List versus The Godfather Part 2. I think this really boils down to if this was Schindler's List versus The Godfather, Ooh. we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is the fact that this is a sequel hurting it or do we asterisk saying that no, you have also seen The Godfather Part 1? But also, do we asterisk everything that's in the Shawshank Redemption being like hitting you over the head with history, right? This is all the ugly parts that we've oh, seen. Which interesting. Yeah, and yeah. that we've, we've read about, and it's showing it to us. And so it hurts. This whole movie hurts, right? And so the feelings are there. Is that emotional ma- manipulation or great filmmaking, right? With Schindler's List, it was one of those movies that um, like Spielberg didn't want to make. Mm-hmm. He sure. kind of said, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not mature enough to, to do that. And so he tried to pass it off to a couple different people and then ended up falling back. And I don't he, think anyone could have made this movie he, but him. No, exactly. He felt a responsibility like, no, I have to do this. And, and I think we're, he made it the same year as Jurassic Park, which he actually had to make. They, they, the studio said, you have to make Jurassic Park first because after you make Schindler's List, you're probably not going to be able to make Jurassic Park. Wow. And he had to like, he come home and just an emotional wreck after each day of shooting. They were shooting almost on location, like literally like building just outside of the death camps because they didn't want to film inside because I felt irreverent. Hmm. And so like they're so near where all these terrible things happened. And every night they said like he watched Seinfeld and Robin, Robin Williams would call him, make him laugh. To be quite honest, Schindler's List feels like they brought a camera back in the past. It mm-hmm. feels like they are capturing actual history. Because it's black and white. Well, that, well they did, that, they did the that specifically to make it timeless. It's the ugliness and the anxiety of what happened. Mm-hmm. And I think we're talking about it so much because I think it's the easy winner. The, let us be very clear. Uh, morally speaking, this is a very easy choice. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. It's easy to stand morally on uh, with, you know, the, what's going on in Schindler's versus the mob. That's just, <laughs> it is hard to separate the true events from the cinematic filmmaking. Right. In a, in a case like this. But I think... Don't you think right. both are great, though? Yeah. It's yeah. a... It's a endlessly interesting story how could this atrocity happen yeah but also it's an extremely well-made movie the score is outstanding it is the acting's great it is it is also very hard to watch yes meaning almost too hard to watch oh i will watch the godfather part two i would say within the next six months 
Yeah, I'll, I'll watch both movies again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to prepare myself to watch Schindler's List. I have to be buoyed up yesterday. beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm gonna. I'm really looking forward to literally the opening scene of The Godfather. What a great movie! And then this just carries on that. But Schindler's List. Man. Schindler's List it's moves Schindler's on. List. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. How did we get here? How did we get to exactly where you would guess we would be? This this is the most... This is Pearl Jam versus Nirvana. Uh, this is where you should always have been. Shawshank Redemption versus Schindler's List. Lots of swooshes in there. I am just going to tell my experience of, of watching both, and I watched these both within the past couple of days. First, Schindler's List. Watching the movie, obviously very heavy, as we've discussed, it's Schindler's List. And I was kind of sitting there going, man, I'm so hurt by this movie and then i found my weakness and my weakness came at the very end of the movie and truly truly this was last night at about 11 maybe i was overly tired maybe still jet lagged and spoiler alert for schindler's list when the people that were saved by oscar schindler are walking black and white over the hill and they were Mm -hmm. singing that song not even the theme of the movie Mm -hmm. they were singing that jewish traditional song Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i'm getting freaking chills thinking about it the camera goes color and you see the survivors the real survivors people walking next to the actors who played them and and they you're walking i bawled it was joel worthy bawling (laughs) i see i you know you know what happens to me when i start crying during movies cut it out dude like seriously what, what, what are you even doing? And then I go, you know what? Freaking accept it. Let it happen. And as they're placing the rocks on that gravesite, I cried for 10 minutes. It's cathartic. And I went, oh my gosh, I need to watch Emperor's New Groove after this because I am just, I, I had to let it out. That said, there is more variety of drama in Shawshank Redemption. Yes. It's giving you everything you could possibly want. Maybe doesn't hurt as much. But it does give you hope, but it's maybe not real hope either. Shawshank Redemption is more entertaining. Yes. And I don't think that it's, it's like that close, actually. Right. Like I, but we're talking drama. Drama. And dramas. it's hard, right? Because we've, film we've talked a little bit about villains. And uh, Eamon Goth, Ray Fiennes as mm-hmm. that villain, is one of the most. We could have a villain show, and he would be top tier. Ooh, I wouldn't want to. I would not real, not yeah, real. I feel that'd be hard. There, there are so many aspects to both these movies that are, but at the same time, such great filmmaking. Schindler's List is one of those movies where it is so hard to watch mm-hmm. that it's hard to watch. Meaning, yeah. like, I, I don't know. It, it is the camera the is ex- not panning away. No, it, it is accessibility and entertainment, which there is something to be said in the art of in the art of filmmaking it's of true. doing something where you can't take your eyes away, right? Versus you want to look away because what is happening is so horrible. Almost horror film level because it was horrific events that happened, mm-hmm. but it's a drama. That's where I'm, I'm having a hard time here because it's the filmmaking versus the hard to watch filmmaking. Like so ugly you want to look away, but you can't. So just to give some numbers while you guys are thinking. So like we said, the Shawshank Redemption is number one on IMDb. Schindler's List is number six on IMDb. Now go to AFI for dramas because they do have a top films of all time. That's mm-hmm. just their drama list. Shawshank is number 12. And Schindler's List is number six. Hmm. So these movies are close. That's why they're top two. They deserve to be here. Have any of you actually voted yet? No, I, I don't even kinda, know. I just had to tell my experience about Schindler's List because it hit me. Four to six days later. I'm going to go first. Okay. Are you guys love it. You're going to lock it in. First? <laughs> Once again, the amazing variety of the Shawshank Redemption is masterfully crafted. We, he straight up builds a library and you're rooting for him. 
Love what it. What the heck, man? I love it. Yeah, it's crazy. Roof. How? Seen on the roof? I don't even. The roof? I don't even tar. I've never tarred a roof before. I've never tarred a roof before. I don't drink. Yeah, and I'm but still I wanted like, to be there. Ah, you guys did great. There, there are a few filmmaking things I don't love about it, which is the voiceover. I think it's a little play. Voiceover narration, voice. not my favorite. Yeah. But the, mm, I, I don't like voiceover narration when it tells you exactly what's happening in the moment. I feel like Morgan Freeman paints a picture. And it, and it also assists the passage of time. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is a 19-year story. I'm okay with narration that, if it's used effectively. This so is, there's a, it's a 19-year story with flashbacks. Like, so <laughs> there's a variety of drama with the Shawshank Redemption. I think there's, not even in a bad way, but one solid note and then an amazing turn for me at the end of drama for Schindler's List. Actually, that's that's disingenuous because I think there's obviously fear, anxiety. It's not just like it's sad the whole time. No, there's a mix of the depths of the soul. But for drama and for what I felt the other day. It was Schindler's List. Which one sticks with you? Which one sticks to you? Because I'd rather watch Shawshank Redemption easily. Absolutely. If I, but if what, I, what I felt... If I'm choosing to watch one of these two, like, ah, oh, look, DVD's up there. I'm choosing Shawshank. And I don't think it's like... who. At what point... Yeah. The, sincerely, at what point are you going through the, the video store and you're like, I'm going to buy Schindler's List? <laughs> right. And, I don't and, even own that movie. And I don't think it's disrespectful to vote against Schindler's List just because of history. I don't, right? Well, these are we're movies not, we're, we're not talking voting about. about events. We're voting about a, a right. film. A movie. Yeah. But what I felt more in was Schindler's List. If this were a list of personal favorites, mm-hmm. Shawshank would win for me. Okay. Zach, you said something earlier where you said, which is the more drama of dramas? Drama of dramas. I'm going to vote for Schindler's List as well. Have we ever had a clean sweep final round? You too. Are you going to? I think I'm going to go with Schindler's List. <laughs> like I talked myself into it. Wow. I did not expect to go that way. No, I didn't either. But and it was really when you said which one is the more drama drama. Because I'm like, of course, I like Shawshank more. I, I, I rated it higher. Because well, drama doesn't Schindler just mean sad. Is so hard we, to watch. we know this. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't just mean, mean sad. sad. But it's just so well done in the sense of, of giving, presenting this emotion, but also it does give you hope at the end. It's not just sad. Yeah. The ending is, the reason you cried isn't because of sadness. It's because of the hope that the Schindler Juden had yes. when they when they were able to survive. Okay, well... Um, <laughs> well, I mean, is, I mean, obviously, talking about Schindler's List at the end of a podcast is going to be a downer, regardless. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you want to say the official win, then? With that, the drama of dramas is Schindler's List. Wow. I mean, that is a sentence that nobody's going to be too mad at, right? If they are, I'm a little surprised, be surprised because I thought the other one would win. So did I. But do we have who picked? Uh, yes, we do. Joel. I just barely opened the list, and the person who submitted Schindler's List first... Multiple is, people did. ...is none other than Chad Illum, the listener. What? Wow. The listener is going to receive some bacon cell merch. Wow, everything's coming up, Chad. Yeah, because he, he submitted it. So, Chad, we'll be reaching out to you. Way to go with the cliche choice. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, sounds weird to say, but congratulations on picking Schindler's List. A good, a good run for the Twitter army on our brackets yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there we go. Uh, let us know if you uh, had a bracket that turned out the same way. Uh, you can post it on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We want to see your picks as well. And let us know how you thought we did, because uh, we'd like to hear from you. Even even with sad things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else feel weighed down? Yeah, weighed down. 
I'll put some uh, fun music at the end. Please do. Yeah. Before we go, we want to thank patrons in a couple of categories, including the I Am The Listener tier, which is Ryan and Marley, Lady Terrier Finley, Jennifer Kilkowski, Adam and Rachel Crump, Scott Sprague, Sir and Madam Hicks, Andrew's Doing a Big Jump, Rocky and Steph, Taylor Sanderson, Dave Kelly, Angela Plotz, Casey Cummings, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, and Briggs is Hot. Then we have our Bacon Council, which is Nicole D. Kale, the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Fish and Chips are Delicious, Glow Clen Daniel, Debbie Foster, and Beaker. Thank you, patrons. You are the Casa to our Blanca. <laughs> But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and visit at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. Once you've done that, visit tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale where you can get yourself some merch. We always love to see it. We do. And then if you like what's going on here and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash Bacon Sale. You can get all sorts of fun benefits behind the scenes, you know, bonuses. And we just also really appreciate the support. Patreon.com slash Bacon Sale. So until next time, here's looking at you, listener. Aww. We killed Zach. Kent with Kinder Bueno with bags of bags. Bags on bags. When you get the four pack, it's a bag with four bags. And inside every one of those bags is two more bags. <laughs> full bluster blues there. <laughs> Mother. Bag. Mother. Side of bag. Drama. Bags. That's not my drama. Tea. I often think of the Roman Empire. Call it. Religious. You guys are both making the same hand forward motion to me. <laughs> and and now you're like, make it back. Save Wait, private. Private. Legacy didn't make the list. No, no it didn't. No. no. Tom Cruise and, <laughs> and Tim Craig, no. Legend legacy or legacy. Ah! <laughs> I hate reading at movies. And now all of us turn on subtitles. Yeah. On everything we watch. Every movie. That he was born in the plane. <laughs> you merely adapted it. You punch him right in the heart? Right in the heart. Wow. Ken, you're so mature. <laughs> oh, now? Oh, now? You're so mature. It took nine seasons. His teeth are somehow worse. He's so cute, though. He's got a baby face. He's looking at me, yeah. little Henry. But he's still here. Your breakfast cereals are made by tigers in the jungles of Malaysia who are forced into slave labor. And it's like the road with more laughs. Kevin Bacon's flat top. Oh, my <laughs> word. Great. It's so good. Scraps. Zachary Western. <laughs> it's not me, it's IMDb. One day I'm gonna star in a movie about people talking in Europe. It's gonna be serious. COVID made you grow a heart. I nice love one. you, you moron. Happy Christopher Nolan to you all. It was Joel Worthy Balling. <laughs> You two are among my best friends on this entire world, and you suck.